can you tell I'm in the mic, or is it just picking up my my MacBook? It might be your MacBook. I hear a lot of room. Let me let me move closer. Is that louder? Yeah, it is louder. Okay, it's going through my MacBook. Let me see if mine did the same thing. Maybe. Yeah, dude. It. You gotta go click the video button once you're in the FaceTime thing, and then hit your. It like weirdly clicks back. Mine says I'm I'm both on my interface. Oh, you know what? I wonder. Wait, is this louder? Yeah, Check. that's louder. Uh, it's on input two. Uh, let me let me switch inputs. Okay. Yeah, that's that actually probably sounds okay. Hang on. We fucking figured it out. Check. Oh my god, sounds amazing. <laughs> check, check. Dude, it sounds like you're in the room. Uh, check. Okay, now, yeah, can you, you hear me still? Yeah, you gotta turn your input down a little bit. You're coming a little hot. Check one, check. two, check one, two. That's good. Hey, hey, I'm I'm hitting green on my end. Yeah, you sound beautiful now, dude. All okay, right. good. We're, we're rolling. Holy shit, man. Welcome back. Uh, lem- thank you. Let me roll on my end, too, just uh, for giggles. Yeah, good And make call. sure that... Check one, two, check one, two. Okay, cool. Um, one, two, one, two. I didn't just get louder for you, did I? No. I, I have, okay. for some reason, no autonomy over your volume, but it sounds really good. You sound really radio. Like, it sounds... Yeah, that mic's... What mic are you using? Dude, SM58. Same thing I always use. Oh, fuck, man. I have one in my drawer. I should just switch to it. What, what are you on? Um, there are these mics that I give all the feral audio hosts. Like, this is what my favorite murder or anything. They're, they're actually, if you look them up, um, it's the only good thing Behringer ever made. Um, you get them as oh, a wow. three pack for 20 bucks. And if you look at the reviews, people are like, it's, it looks like a karaoke mic cause it has like a po- power on and off switch, but everybody's like, yeah. it's an SM 58 clone and it's actually clear for the human voice. It's not so good for really. Yeah, dude. I you get them as a three pack, and intriguing. Yeah, there's something. It has like a wider range, and you can go on there. And people are like, I I've been using this instead of my. It's like the only good thing Behringer ever made. I I'm I have yet to uh, see anything good that they've made. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, um, how. F- Fucking! I mean, yeah, I have to. I, I pawned my beloved Allen and Heath mixer uh, when I left LA to give it to the wonderful Jake Robinson of uh, Meltdown. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah, and what a uh, sweetheart. Uh, yeah, of tra- what are the racer trash? Racer trash? What is their thing called? Um, total sweetheart. I'm so glad it's in the right hands. But um, how f- uh, fucked up was yesterday, dude? We had the most uh, from Ugh. start to finish, dude. What was Sunday, the 24th of April, dude? What the fuck? was that yeah i don't know if anyone um listening had a similar experience but the entire day was just very strange i'm i'm i usually don't believe in uh, hocus pocus but i i did google if uh asking if mercury was in retrograde <laughs> nobody that's like <laughs> that's like the same thing because nobody can use the word term gaslighting correctly and everybody's <laughs> like it's constantly mercury's in ret- like no one actually understands but dude same it my whole day was inversed because it was the one sunny day we haven't had a single sunny day in Portland. It's the longest winter oh. ever. It was sunny and beautiful out. And so much fucking 
shit happened all day but we'll we'll talk about it in a sec but like me and you like i planned up recording with you and also my best friend in portland sarah swobata who you met um she came and hung out with us on the first poppy tour backstage that's right yeah you know i I landed in portland on a wednesday and the guy housing me was like what are you doing friday and i'm like i I, nothing i live here (laughs) he's like we're going Mm -hmm. to my friend sarah's art show you have to meet her oh cool instantly best friends and so for four years since that night she's been taught she's continuous drawing project she has every day since she's 18 i think she's in her early 30s now been drawing the same continuous fucking piece of art oh it that's started super cool every day of her life it started in notebooks now it's in these giant scrolls and she was talking that night about it turning moving into augmented reality and so so ah intriguing um she also shares a studio so i i know some people listening to this will be like what the fuck dude but i've been her studio mate is the biggest artist in portland history jim riswald um so jim riswald did a bunch of david bowie cover art but he is the nike advertising disruptive innovator do you know in the 90s the bow nose campaign bow nose i'm sure i i uh have seen it refresh me it's like a black background and it's just white lettering it's all of the most yeah all of of the most yeah all of the most famous nike advertising this guy created do you know that it's been parodied a bunch but it's like somebody in a baton race in slow motion and says yeah (laughs) yeah that's all him yeah and oh no kidding yeah and so he got leukemia at the height of his career in his 30s and he had six months to live he's in his 60s he's still fucking going (laughs) and like Whoa. He's he. So I have his book here. Hitler saved my life. Um, he interesting title, dude. He <laughs> is a he's obsessed with dictators, and he's a, a war history buff. Genius, dude. And he has. And I, I, I thankfully have been over. Like, yeah, I spent New Year's at his, his loft in Portland. But like, it's amazing. He's still here. But the most interesting, prolific artist. And uh, so when you go to their office, it's like. And they just had a, a party there, like uh, over the holidays, like a holiday party. There's just figurines. He collects like dictator propaganda. The f- the the wow. mat in their art studio is the map of Hitler's bunker. And then there's oh, just wow. gi- <laughs> it's giant paintings of Hitler and Lenin and Stalin. He's like obsessed with dictators and wars. Um, in the middle of Portland and like they throw this big, like all these like big artists come here and they walk into this room. They're like, what the fuck? Where am I? Um, (laughs) so she exploding heads, I'm sure. So she is worked for four years putting on this fucking art gallery and he's one of the artists. And I'm like, and I swore my dyslexic brain. She said it starts at five. And so, you know, I'm telling everybody about it. I plan this whole day and it ends at five and starts at two and it's not just that dude it was i didn't really sleep the night i was because i'm learning in a master i was like cranking out masters and around midnight i I started working on this one and i couldn't get it and i looked i was like fuck it's six in the morning i didn't really sleep i don't know like when that happens we can trade off uh stories here in a second but uh 
we, I just want to uh, jump in up top here. Sorry if that was boring, everybody, but we just had the most <laughs> fucked up day. This is Dustin Martian, a post-podcast established 2020. Uh, the episode with Titanic Sinclair was so well-received and just fun, and we decided just to fucking, let's just do it again. I don't care if this is just a podcast, actually. <laughs> um, so we launched Down and Smiley, which is a new, quote, label. Um, it's really just an internet online curator, and then that only acts like a label. I'm trying to make give labels a good name again. Um, but, Titanic, I have to switch into host mode. Some people do tune into the post-podcast for my hot takes. Of course. And... Um, you know, I do have to crank these out. You don't have to, and honestly, none of these represent Titanic or anybody but me. But I do have to just rattle off some hot takes up top here just to get them out of the way so we can just have an organic conversation. <clears throat> All right, you, no need to respond. Okay, but you can, obviously. Um, how can any mutual of mine, like on Twitter... Or Instagram, like, say that cancel culture isn't real <laughs> or doesn't exist? Like, have you not followed me this entire time? It happens, like, that cancel culture isn't real. I'm like, what? It, it's, it feels like actual gaslighting. Um, but, you know, I am canceled, so, like, on a technicality, everything I do is cancel culture. It seems as though the people who um, I find typically proclaim that it's not real, um, they also tend to have um, other equally um, uh, obvious uh, things that they pretend are or are not real as well. <laughs> oh, dude, that's such a great fucking point. Yeah, what is... I mean... Maybe, um, I, I, obviously everything's, you know, everyone's perception is different. And so, um, I don't know, I, I often see that on the World Wide Web, you know, uh, it's not real, this and that. And uh, typically, I just uh, hold up my cup of coffee and lean back and go, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, actual best friends of mine. It's like, tell that to my dead cat, my cat I had to fucking give away and never see it. Tell that to my bank account. Tell that to every, including Sarah Swobata, the first person who I had to sit down and I was like, I, to, I got canceled, who was like totally my best friend through it. Tell it to every fucking relationship and employer. And what, cancel culture isn't real? What the fuck? You know, I, I think the most diplomatic way to handle that, uh, if, you know, if anyone is so inclined, uh, perhaps someone listening to this believes uh, it's not real, I would say um, call up CAA or Paradigm or any of your uh, Hollywood agencies and present your thesis. And if you really want to take it a step further, say, hey, I'm looking for representation. Um, I have been canceled, but I don't believe in cancel culture. And just see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what is the other one besides CAA? It's like the they're, tech, they're trying to brand themselves as the underdog everybody goes with. Fuck. Um, I was with Paradigm, but... Uh, um. I, that's how beautiful it is that I'm so... I mean, I couldn't... When I get to, got to Portland, um, there's just shit in L.A. that if you try in Portland, is not cool. They don't network here. And mm. for, like, my first year, I was just... I had to expunge all this 
LA behavior that you don't realize you're even doing, but, um, highly relatable. Yeah. Like, and I would go like when I was, I just moved here, I was Lyft driving and, um, I would just see a restaurant that I liked and I made a point every time I needed lunch or dinner to just try a place new. And I literally walk into this place on Mississippi, Miss Delta, and I open the door and the bell is still ringing and I just hear someone say my name. You know, this is right when I moved to Portland. So I'm like friend or foe. And it's just like, (laughs) Dustin, oh my God, you're like the reason I'm into podcasting. I'm a huge fan of all of you. I haven't been, I'm not even, I'm standing in the doorway and this guy is the cook and he makes me just like the best fucking burger I've ever had in my life. And I was like, okay, let me, you know, before I head out, we'll come over and I'll talk to you. It was amazing. And um, so I go over and there's the guy running the bar and he's the only cook. And so I'm like, hey, man, that was like so nice. What's your name? And I was asking about him and I was like, so what do you do? And he's like, yeah, I'm a cook. And I was like, yeah, but what do you what do you do? And he was just like, I cook. And I was like, I mean, like, art, I mean, like artistic, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, like, what, what's what's your passion? Yeah. What, are you, what have you been developing for a decade? Yeah, because nobody in LA is their job. They're like what they're there to do. But like, I guess I mean, right. it in like, what is your craft? Or like, what do you do? Like, but I, it, 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 there's all sorts of like weird little behaviors. So I'm so grateful that I've finally expunged them. And I'm, but like, um, CAA is like the truly like the death star. It is the, it is, it is of LA. It's the fucking Darth Vader. It's like the death star. Yeah, it really is. It hovers over it and it can destroy worlds. And it's such a big deal when you get signed on it, but it's truly, that's the equivalent of it in Los Angeles. Okay. Let me move on to another take here. Good, good, good. You know, thanks. Feel free to chime in these. I don't know if you'll have anything to say about this, but I'm just going to rattle these off. Okay. Um, so I'm, I've always been really open about my mental health, specifically having borderline personality disorder, recently downgraded to BPD traits, but still have it. Did a DBT program two years. Um, so, you know, in online in my life, you know, I'm just all about BPD awareness, you know? like BPD awareness, just making everyone extremely aware that I have BPD. Not many people are aware. Especially <laughs> okay. Listeners of this. <laughs> this is like a bad standup routine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, I'm never not fucking BPD. Uh, okay. Here's it's another all, one. It's all comedy, bro. <laughs> Life. Life's a fucking comedy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was that I was trying to lead it. I couldn't remember the quote because the next thing is about uh in my, in my whole life I thought it was a fucking life was a drama but it's a fucking comedy. Um cuz this next thing is about the Joker. Okay. You know, just like this weird thing in the past few years. First of all, like no fucking movie will ever be made. It's technically owned by Disney now. And it's what got me in electronic music, but um the movie Fight Club it's the it's my favorite movie of all time, but like that could never ever be made again. And um, you know, it came out on 20th Century Fox in like '99. But I remember when I was watching TV, it was like being advertised as like a Fast and Furious like male match. I had no interest in seeing it, and then caught it on like digital cable. It was blah, it just fucking blew my mind. Existential Night. Yeah. It's like amazing David Fincher movie. <laughs> Yes, yeah, similar similar thing here. You know, it, I think a lot of people, um, well, a lot of people who um, 
are cancel culture deniers. <laughs> They're like climate change deniers. They're literally um, like climate change deniers. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know, there's yeah, the pendulum swings far left and far right. Ooh, um, yeah. I would I would say the um, cancel culture deniers are also in the same boat of um, wishing that Fight Club had never been released. <laughs> oh my in god, dude. I don't it's only in the past few years and it's it's coming from post me to sort of female mob. I know a lot of this shit is online but and then okay, another thing, one of the best bands that I've ever seen live or the like in in the past 10 years is the band Death Grips and sort oh, of yeah. like dude, oh, yeah. it was one of the most like life-changing live shows I've ever seen amazing records just DIY geniuses and then it's like I don't give a fuck because some sh- you know the equi- you know how I fuck just trash goth girls like the equivalent of that is just like <laughs> skater skater boys to like women you know and so like I don't give a fuck that you fucked a bunch of skaters that listen to death crips death crips are the shit so anyways so is fight club and then people started saying like these are red flag things but anyways um, I fucking, my, I, my whole life loved Batman when I was three years old. Just give me all the Batman toys, like Batman Returns, Batman fucking Tim Burton's. It's the only comic I ever fucked with. I'm not, I, I never developed a, a passion for it, but anyways. And then, um, yeah, just the Chris Nolan trilogy. I just second and third one. I just, uh, I, I believe they're like biblical. And, uh, so you know, when I was younger, a lot of the shit that people are um, becoming stereotypes against, I'm totally making a stereotype against a white male. I mean, I love Fight Club and the Heath Ledger's Joker and Death Grips, but they're fucking amazing. <laughs> so anyways, the point of this hot take is like, I've, I've seen people like, oh my God, it's like, they're all obsessed with the, the Joker. And it's like, dude, there's been like 37 Jokers, like across the TV right. show, cartoon movies. Like you don't identify with a single Joker. Can I even trust you? It's like the perfect villain. That's, that's an interesting kind of thought there is, um, you know, which, which Joker are you? Yes, which one are you? Are you the campy <laughs> fucking cokehead one? Or are you the, like, dark fucking, the, you know, like, y- it is a spectrum. It's, it's I, like like, the, I like the 60s one. The, arguably the first Joker. Yeah, the first one on fi- film. Yeah. That, yeah, that guy was, he looks so much like this... Uh, mentally handicapped kid that I went to middle school with, <laughs> like in the face, I can't unsee. Apparently, it. it's Cesar Romero. Oh, you even Caesar know Romero? Uh, I just googled it. Oh, and then I like Jared Leto too. Like in Fight Club, like I used to fucking hate this guy's guts, but he's such a good act. He was in Blade Runner twenty or twenty forty nine. He's won me over, but he. Oh yeah, Joker, I liked him in that. His fucking Joker, like emo. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Like he he knows himself and the roles. He he knows if you can just take if you can be on screen and just absorb that much hate on sight, you're amazing. 
I, I I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I did not see Jared Leto as the Joker um, because I felt like I, I had I had like a premonition. Um, I think this is like pre Machine Gun Kelly, but I think like a future version of me went back to the past and was like, "Oh, hey, dude, don't watch this because it's pretty much Machine Gun Kelly in the future as a character." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm. I know. Like. I have dated plenty of people that are wonderful and I ran away from it, but I, I'm, I'm queer and I know that my taste has nothing to do with gender that I have horrible taste in people. Cause the type of guy that I'm attracted to is like machine gun Kelly. <laughs> like, it's gross. I can, yeah, I can relate to that. You know, it, as, it as rivers Cuomo once said, you know, everyone's a little queer. Why can't machine gun Kelly be a little straight? <laughs> dude i remember when you came uh on the on the on the tour to portland and i was we just for some reason i don't know how uh the eminem diss track came up and i was like i was probably about that time i I, it was a couple years after but i was a headshot or whatever and i was like Mm -hmm. dude i listened to it once a week you're like so do we and we got on your tour bus and we just played it on loop and like (laughs) the fucking (laughs) murdered him i can't believe it's pretty silly dude uh i had to give you a career to destroy it like he shouldn't even be a thing it's just like the and it's so um the trash element of la is starting to take over the fake prestige of it even with like will smith going and slapping chris rock and like and the 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 euphoria and the porn stars are now like being just on tv like the trash is starting to just become mainstream because it's like this entire generation was raised on pornography and um yeah it's total totally like a whole generation of desensitized um which I, I think, you know, our generation too, to a certain extent, you know, we were probably, I would say, at least as like adolescents or maybe even preteens or teens, we're the first generation ever to see like, you know, probably like thousands of people be killed on, on video. Absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, like rotten.com, yeah. faces Dude, of death and all that. There is a thing, and every time I say this, if you've ever been rotten.com, it's the thing that fucked me up the most. And every time I say this, everybody remembers it. It's this guy with the, his, he's got a parrot perched on his rock hard dick. It's just a dick with a parrot perched on it. It ruined my life. <laughs> I can't even I'm look at think. Parrots. I feel like, I feel like that's something I wouldn't forget, but I'm, I'm oh, pretty sure so I've probably lucky. experienced it. You know, it's weird. It's weird kind of like the, the, how you're saying about just, you know, with like euphoria, they have like the porn stars in there now. And, um, I was talking to a friend recently who's like, uh, who's an actor out there. And, um, you know, he was, he was just commenting on the, uh, extreme like nepotism that's going on. So it's really kind of, it, it's two extremes, you know, it's, it's the, you've got your machine gun Kelly and, uh, I, I wish I knew her name, but the, uh, former adult, um, actress, I believe she identifies as Chloe in euphoria. Cherry, I don't know her real name. I'm not sure. She has the. Uh, no, she's still an active porn star, dude. Yeah, she's still. Oh, really? Porn. Yeah, yeah. Intriguing. Well, well, good for it's her. not like. Well, this is a crazy thing. Um, my last year in in L.A. I, when I had a big payday and I was like, I'm on my way out. I, I lived in like Stevie Nicks' old house recording booth, but Tracy Lords was my next door neighbor, and uh, it mm-hmm. doesn't get any more fucking. She was like, you know, she, she transcended all that. Um, Oh man, I've been recording myself way too loud. I'll fix it later. Um, 
this is just a testament to, I mean, my absolute, my absolute fam- favorite art film of all time and of the nineties is Gummo. Harmony Korean's first feature Gummo. Have you ever seen it? That's a billion times. Dude, yeah, the spaghetti bathtub scenes like the best. This is a, te- this is how ahead of his time he was. Cause he, that main kid he saw, uh, he was watching an episode of Sally, Jesse Raphael about huffing uh, spray oh, wow. paint. And they asked him like, where do you see yourself in five years? And he went <laughs> dead. And Harmony Korine's like, I'm making a whole movie just with this kid. So wow. it's, yeah, that's how that kid got cast. He was, he's really in, uh, he's never acted before. And it's really like the fucking, it's like that now in LA. Um, yeah. There's, there's a, you know, it's, it's weird kind of having the inside scoop. I've been loving being away from there because it's becoming more and more uh, in the rearview mirror kind of thing, and all, all these, you know, shows and people and things that are coming out now that are super popular. It's nice to not like know everyone involved, but yeah. on the on the flip side of it, though, you know, um, as much as I want to like poo poo as everyone does on like machine gun Kelly. It's also kind of one of those things. It's like, Oh, my buddy who like struggled for so long with his own career. And as a songwriter, like wrote a ton of his hits. So now he's like making bank. So it's oh, like, that's awesome. I can't. Yeah. No, it's, we, it's good. It's, we, it's just shitting on people for the, the sake of art. Like your art isn't up, up to you can. Yeah. You're obviously, you have the celebrities, you have the thing that we want. Like I want to look, I want to fuck machine gun Kelly. I want to look at you, <laughs> but I don't like want to listen to your music. So you're like, I've never, there. I've never, I've never met him. I, I'm, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's great. And, uh, uh, the the friend of mine who who uh, writes his stuff, I mean, sweetest guy in the world, totally got boned by the system. But it's good to see that like flip around. But uh, funnily enough, like he and I have a couple of um, fake bands. We had one called Young Wives, and actually, oh, you know what? I'll have to dig up one of these um, old recordings, and you can play it as a song on this if you want. Oh, I'd love that. But we we had like a fake Joy Division band, and we had a bu- like a fake pop punk band. And the funny thing is, is like we would try our best to write the most generic, horrible lyrics, and like literally do the whole pop punk voice. And then, <laughs> like fast forward like five years, and he's like making tons of money doing that, but unironically, <laughs> it's just like whoa, <laughs> the world just keeps spiraling into crazier and crazier. You know, dude, paradise. I was so fucking offended because you know you understand when emo came out, I was already fifteen. I was going to see Beulah, Enon, Black. Blackheart mm-hmm. Procession, Manor Astro Man, Starlight. I was like, I, I, you know, me and my friend Ian were like always like three years ahead. Like as soon as we left high school, all of the sensitive artsy guys were getting laid, and we we're like, what the fuck is this? And then it, that's that's hilarious because the the, the only uh, what like two years difference in us or three years? Is yeah. That, uh, were you born in eighty five? I'm eighty five. Right? Yeah. 85 that's right um i i can notice that in because when i got to like junior senior year of high school that's when emo was like finally cool and so i was like hell yeah dude yeah you cleaned house dude it was literally right it was the year after we left and we were like what the fuck dude no girls would lay us like we were fucking and as soon as we left like all of the jocked 
early dudes would just put, you know, the unisex black Zelda haircut or whatever and fingernail polish <laughs> and there's clean house. And so, dude, but like yeah. I was so, because the music is so terrible to me. In all of those bands, it's just they saw the Refused new noise video and they just ran with that aesthetic. But it sounds nothing yeah. like Refused, which I band I loved in international noise country. So I had like, the, by like 15, I had incredible taste in fucking music. I was like on the French Kiss Records street team at a 15 year old getting into 21 plus what? shows. Yeah, yeah. It was like really fucking. And anyways, everybody, this was like most through LA. If somebody called me emo, I pitched a fucking fit, man. But like, cause I invent, I'm like primo, dude. I, I was emo before emo, but I have this whole spiel and I was like, oh, really? Is Roy Orbison emo? Was John Lennon emo? Was Jesus Christ emo? What is emo to you? <laughs> like, because when you call me emo, you insinuate I have bad taste in music. So for a while, it was like the most offensive. And then eventually I was like, yeah, I'm super emo. I post fucking <laughs> Bright Eyes lyrics and Elliot Smith. I invented that shit, man. So how do you feel about this? This kind of, I guess we're in like third wave emo now. Like I'm seeing people, um, I, I wrote a song. I haven't made a video about it yet. I, I did a video about, um, making like, you know, uh, kind of like goth Dracula house dance club music. And then I did a video about how to make pop punk. Music. Oh, those were so great. Everybody please go on his YouTube. <laughs> those are some of my favorite things you've ever done, man. Cause I haven't, Thank you. I know from sitting in the room, but I've only, it's been like since 2013, since I've sat and watched you make anything and it just brought me back, but also like, man, um, you're, uh, you're a powerhouse and you just, like I say, understand the genetic DNA of a pop song, but like you just showing everybody how easy it is that the pop one is no, the Halloween. What what was the hell? Yeah. The the death metal one is amazing. What do you eat? Oreos? Wait, what is it? Oh, the uh, the, Man- the Manson trick. <laughs> oh yeah, it's... Uh, you shared yeah. this trick Manson gave you to sound more goth is to eat chocolate before recording? Yeah, it blew my mind. We were in the studio one night, and he's like, this is what you gotta do. You gotta <laughs> coat, coat the throat. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And But no, it's it's 100%. Like, it works. But but the most, the most recent... Um, song that i wrote in that or i didn't write the song but i came up kind of with the chords or whatever i was like strumming along and it's like oh this is like hilarious so the next one's gonna be how to make midwest emo music in five minutes (laughs) dude you have you dude you you have the best commentary in the pop one where you're like i've been in meetings like this so let's make it you know about you make it like a like a boy song for a boy or something like you, you say this, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, that that's exactly what it's like. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's really bizarre. The only thing like I get, if it's also like producer is such a, a spectrum. So like an executive producer, you know, there's producers that just throw money down that aren't actually producers. But before the thing goes through, be like, hey, can you change that chair into a cat? And it's like, what? Yeah. Um, and then there's like producers like me and you are, are you know, producers and, um, which is hands so, on deck, hands on deck, you know, on the ground floor, you know, maybe produce stuff like go, somebody goes, I have an idea or we have an idea on our own. And we actually just, you know, make it to completion. Um, yeah. So 
then in speaking to that, like yesterday, we tried to do, we were so excited to do a podcast and it was this inverse fucked up day where everything was fucking going wrong. And so I got this art gallery thing backwards and made you wait three and a half hours. Like you, I was, because any day now I'm like, hey, let's schedule this. But I'm like, you're about to have your firstborn son. And I, you <laughs> yes. could have been like, yeah, I fucking, but the, the amount of time I made you wait just for me to get started after the time I told you, you've been like, yeah, I had my kid. We're back already. <laughs> it felt like, so, like three and a half hours. And then I am looking at my setup, man. And we couldn't figure out what the fuck was wrong. Um, I mean, it was, it was one of those like bizarro world things where, I mean, my studio here, everything's just like press go, you know, whether it's music or video or digital production, you know, 3d rendering stuff virtual reality you know yeah and yeah nothing nothing was working it was so weird and on my end and, too and like oh. i since i've been fucking canceled because it's real and have been skirting homelessness and living in my car mostly and that's why i recorded the first uh run of dustin martian a post podcast episodes they're all behind the paywall if you want to hear me podcasting from inside my car during the 2020 portland riots wildfires all of that shit and you want to hear behind the scenes of our new independent label down in smiley go to patreon.com slash justin martian it's five bucks and i'll make it worth your while um sorry i have to go podcast mode but um five so, five dollars it's it's basically free people just click the button it's for the price of a cup of coffee you can hey. you can you can help me buy vodka and <laughs> condoms that i don't use um, uh, <laughs> uh, no, like, so yesterday, like, was so, f everything was, it wasn't just opposite, it was, the sun was out, it was like, like, turned inside out, and so I haven't had that in five years, a stationary, I just, I haven't even, because, I haven't even finished unpacking my house, it's just been a work of my ass off just to make rent, so I'm looking at my setup, dude, and it was sending you your voice back and not mine, and then we couldn't figure out like we spent two and a half hours and uh, by the oh, time easily yeah we did i was like dude i so i was like i need to lay down for a few hours like i left my f the it's inverted like this the only thing that i should have done yesterday was record you and go to my fucking best friend out here is AR gallery, our gallery that we has been talking about for four years. And I don't know if you've ever seen kids in the hall brain candy. It's like, you can only watch it on YouTube right now. It's so every sketch group tried to make a, uh, like movie and kids in the hall, like made the best fucking movie. Like no one can touch it. It's called brain candy, dude. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. I, I loved the kids in the hall. Uh, cause I used to watch that when it was on comedy central, like the nineties, their TV show is almost just like, public acts it, it is it used to be public access dude brain candy the wow. it's so rare i mean the the sound sucks um but i want to download it and improve the sound for you it is one of the oh, wow. it's one of, it's the best comedy movie ever they like made the best movie but um so it's a movie about um they invent this uh antidepressant that uh, it, it, it's all about antidepressants and it's this like chemical company oh, and they're can they're like canceling oh my god it's my they're like uh firing everybody and uh so th how the antidepressant works is it makes you just reaccess your greatest memory over and over and over again and Ooh. then uh there's like this 
uh, character who it's like an old lady and she's like remembering her greatest memory and it's her like really shitty son with his wife and kids coming over for Thanksgiving and she's got a whole turkey and he walks in he's like hey mom you know, doing good and he's like laps through he's there for like 30 seconds he's like alright we gotta go <laughs> and then, that's literally what I did to my friend's fucking it's art so show dark. so I so here's what I want to talk about uh, I know you're gonna get a kick out of this um now listen, I I I, w- I don't I have no interest when I start telling I've in the past week since I have nothing to hide anymore. I I just, you know, I went off on Twitter and I just started saying the real truth behind Feral Audio. So, I'm trying to figure out this is like worth I have a story that's worth multi-million dollars and I'm trying to figure out the best way to tell it. And I just decided, like, I don't know how many episodes it's going to take. I'm going to have to do it solo. But um, the only thing I have to go by is I, I, as soon as I got an iPhone in L.A., I just do 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 take pictures. And once it fills up, I put it in a hard drive. And I didn't look at it for 10 years. And so um, I'm kind of looking at it. I'm like, oh, I could use this. Not everything's on there. Um, but if you have any questions or you things you remember about feral audio it's been wiped from the internet because cancel culture exists you can't even find and so like in this really deranged former boss of mine hijacked the wikipedia and made it about them i anybody who's good at wikipedia so anyways i'm gonna make this just so you guys can hear the story and deck out the wikipedia but also you know, there's a code in LA. I know you know about this. You just don't talk about a lot of shit, and that's also mm-hmm. how people get away with the shit they do there. Now, yeah, and that's been weaponized because people people got hip to the idea that there are un, unspoken laws, and then they started breaking those laws. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're 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 seeing it in full force now with the um, Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing that's going on. I don't know how much of that. Oh, you've watched, me but poo. Holy the fact that me poo oh. isn't the number one hashtag. It says everything, dude. That I mean so the funny. the amount the amount of very close friends, many of them well known, who have been watching this thing and then texted me and being like. Dude, I wish that you could have a public court case. <laughs> yeah, dude, me too. Oh, dude, that was their no pun intended. <laughs> their biggest nightmare was my lawyer made me sign a thing at the dude. When I tell this, sh- I'm gonna tell shit, you guys. Uh, I had to sign a thing because I was ready to fucking blow the. I was ready to make a whole statement, and he's like, "Listen, uh, a lot of women in your life right now are very, very mad at you." And it's going to be like that for a long time. And this is going to make it worse. So I'm going to make you both sign something. And I was like, but they just got away. So that's expired now. And uh, anyways, um, yeah, there's this. And, and speaking to the trashiness of L.A. And talk about inverting. Because, you know, Johnny Depp is considered this prestigious actor. But behind the, they're all trash people, dude. Sean Penn. Jen, they're like... You know, but on the on the so the veneer of LA is going away, and so when you dive into Johnny Depp's life, he's like this fucking crazy trash person, but he's awesome in how he's in, he's just ah, they're fucking both out of their minds. So, anyways, when I tell this story, everybody, I'm I when, as I tell it, I'm going to speak about people. That of, I'm going to tell it like how I felt about them because I can still access that stuff because BPD is a superpower. So um, <laughs> I can re I re every memory I have. I feel that's like that's what why BPDs have the highest. Like let's not forget BPDs more than schizophrenics on any one out of ten. 
and one out of ten people in my group uh, kill themselves. Highest suicide rate. Every you feel not only memories. This is why you know why like uh, I, BPD makes me one of the girls and gays, and it's like because when I'm dating a girl, this is, this is why dating a male with BPD. This is why they they love it. And I clean house pretty pretty regularly, even despite all this shit about me. Um, is because they they come home and they're like, "Ah, oh, this fucking girl said this to me at work." I'm like, "What the fuck did she say?" And they're just telling me about their day. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like I fucking feel all this everything all the time. So I just want to like please, uh, I guess, email me Dustin Martian or hit me up on Twitter. Give me a, I need prompts to tell the story. I can't just do it on my own, and I don't know any other way. I think with oh, interesting. But I think why taking all of the fans of it because I he, people to this day the other day this person tweeted at me I was tweeting on the shit for the first time and they're like my kids wear my feral audio shirts now and I'm just like whoa and, and I consistently this whole time out of nowhere you know I get these I guess when I was at that, I knew what I was and I knew it wasn't going to last. But like when I went on tour or like people hit me up in the middle of the night, I can't, and I had to set boundaries cause I can't do it for everybody all the time. But if somebody catches me the right time and I'm not dealing with my own shit, I, I, this is, you know, like I have the friends that I have is cause I don't, I'm just there for it, you know? And so I will just do that for somebody randomly in the night. And like, and this is after I had this epiphany of just radical honesty all the time. And they teach it in DBT, but it's like a Buddhist philosophy, too. It's just saying the absolute truth. And you can trust me, because at the height of all of this, I wouldn't even lie to save my own life. <laughs> like, I was, my lawyer looked at her mm. statement and then looked at mine. And he goes, this is a hundred times more incriminating. You need to take this down. <laughs> I'm like, well, you don't understand the internet. It's not going to... So, the only reason, motherfuckers, you're like, the internet never forgets. My fucking lawyer made me take it down. Bring it on. I was, it was like a shitty, my response to my Me Too was like the shittiest Beatles song. I, I, she did it on the 21st of December. I was alone. And then on Christmas day, it was literally a, a, a suicide note, you guys. And, uh, but I wrote it in three different moods. It was like, ooh, it's like, you know how Paul McCartney just takes the, the Beatles can't, can't he just fucking wedges in a whole new song in this middle in the end. <laughs> Yeah, it was like this hodgepodge shit. I was so mentally ill. So, anyways, you guys know the story better. I need all of your. I need you guys to tell me how you remember it. I I was too on the inside, you know. I I I'm gonna tell the story in a hundred percent honesty, but I want everybody to know, like, you know, I have really good friends that are, you know, they have my back, even not publicly, but like, I'm not gonna tell your guys. I would never. I'm still one of you, motherfuckers. I would never do that. But anybody that really fucked up and did something fucked up that I need to tell to clear your guys. I'm going to say aloud and I bring it on. Like, it's just the truth of all that happened, but I need your guys' help. So email me, whatever. Um, I need to throw that out there in the episode. Cause I, I want, I, I, I know people are going to listen to this cause I was going off uh, online, but I'm certain I'm, so I, I go and I'm just practicing radical honesty. And I, 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 I never told my boss who I was and like, listen, But anyways, he goes, I, basically the thing is he was having, I don't know what was going on in his life. He's in his fifties. He came back to my little area and he was having a panic attack 
Mm. And he just sort of came back and was like, I, cause he was gone all day. I, I don't remember this. And he goes, I was having a panic attack and I came back and I was like, I, sorry, I'm, I'm having an anxiety attack. And apparently I was just at my desk and I was like, Oh dude, therapist taught me this. Like you sit up straight, you put your feet flat on the floor, uh, align your spine, put your palms in your knees and this breathe into your nose five, exhale eight, breathe in 10, exhale 12, breathe in 12, Exhale 15, and then you go back down. Oh, and splash cold water in your face because it, it's a biological response because your body thinks it's underwater and it just drops your heartbeat to a cool whatever. Because um, if you can control your heartbeat, uh, you can control your anxiety. Because I've had horrible anxiety, but then when I learned mindfulness and like breathing, if you can control, because if you take breaths, it slowers your heartbeat. And he told me like, that's why he's doing this. And I, I don't even remember it. It was like instinctual. No, yeah. No, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's anxiety is one of those things where, you know, when, when you're not going through it, but someone else is, you're, you just pull out all the stops. Yeah. It's like, Oh no, like, let me show you at least what works for me. It's funny. You mentioned the water thing. Cause that's, that's what I do every single time. It just immediately zaps me out of it. Man, I was so proud of you fucking torn dude because i know you to have you know such anxiety and this is you know i didn't i didn't finish the thought last episode but since you know the shit is out there now i talk about how like you know i tried to be friends with both your ex the the, the way i when i lost respect for uh, your uh, poppy poppy you guys who was my friend uh and uh never texted me again. Um, but, uh, it was when she outed your suicide attempt and it's like, I, dude, you, we go through a shit long before you fucking knew even she existed on the earth, man. <laughs> like that shit is just, you don't do I, the reason that she, she is so dangerous. She is a dangerous person right now. She's, it's not that she's just running. Cause it's not just your, your record. You brought all your friends in. It's not that she's running around playing your record. She fucking, with her celebrity, outed, talked, shamed someone, and wrongfully said it was her, her. Her, she's telling herself the entire time. She's like, uh, it was to you know control me. It's all about me, me, me. It's like, dude, you just don't have you don't have the you don't have the compassion or wherewithal to be with someone in that moment. Because when you are, this is why when. My friend Brody, or if any of your friends or family, you can tell them, hey, ring my phone off the hook. You can, there's only so much you can do because when you are really there, and I know this because I'm a suicide attempt survivor, I didn't leave a fucking note. I didn't tell a single fucking person because it is the, it's the same shame as masturbating or taking a shit. It's, you don't want anybody to see. It's the most intimate fucking moment and thing you could do. It's the most intimate fucking moment it's so personal that people would rather hang themselves and blow their fucking brains out than tell anybody. So like when she fucking aired that out, I was like, dude, all of the fucking 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds, there are just, she just caused a wave of people going back into hiding and are going to kill themselves. That's when I, Fucking sorry, I. It's just I'm saying it on air. I will do everything in my power 
to correct that right now because that's when I was like, this person's extremely dangerous. I wish, I wish, and I think you know it's it's been a couple of years now, so I've definitely had the time to meditate on it and pray about it and all that jazz. Um, luckily, most most people with half a brain saw right through the because uh, at that time, like you know, we hadn't really broken character at all so uh, suddenly it was like all this like oh wow and you know that was definitely weaponized in the in the sense that like oh this must be real like you're because you know the way certain people think you know they they plan these things um their their career moves you know and in this case luckily i think not not for me but i just for you know the people maybe who um have anxiety and depression and, and have had, you know, thoughts of suicide and things like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure most people, cause I, I've received so many messages from people when that happened and after the fact, just being like, Oh, like, you know, you were like a horrible thing was used like as a promotional, like tool for, yeah. To sell the new record. And the only and people who get that, it's really wild are the people who have an intimate understanding of it. And the only people that don't hmm. are really, you're very lucky. Because, um, you know, suicide is a natural occurring thing in the brain. Every single person in their life, you know, when you stand on a ledge and oh, your, yeah. your knees feel weak, that is because yep. oh, yeah. a biological thing in your brain is saying, I should jump right now. That's why you feel that. Um, and so everybody, at least once in their, some people have that thought, like, should I kill myself? Nah. And just go about the rest of their life. Great. Some people have um, a redundant. It's 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 a spiral a spiral pattern. Recovery life. It's not a linear path. It's like that quote. It's not a straight line. It's a spiral pattern. You will come back to things and people and places and feelings over and over again that you thought you moved on from, and it's more like uh, yeah. There's all these little you know things that we're creatures of habit and even time and stuff. It's you just, you will return to things throughout your life, no matter what it's like unavoidable. Um, I think it should be noted too, you know, for especially anyone who's made it this far into this conversation, you know, there's probably, I would imagine a good amount of, uh, empathy. <laughs> um, and even just hearing you talk about your situation and kind of shining a little light on things that I've been through. Um, it should definitely be noted, uh, at least uh, this is just one, one person talking here, but like I was the ultimate, like I, I was convinced I was not going to make it past 27 because all the, all the cool rock stars, man, like they only made it 27 and what's after that and blah, blah, blah. And, um, there is certainly a romantic, um, aspect to the whole live fast, die young thing and having gone through it and then, having the that in the rearview mirror as well and being like oh that was really silly and then the the growth from that uh from you know the love of friends and family and therapy and having the conversations and really what all it is 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 ultimately looking at into the mirror and realizing like hey this was your this is your decision you're choosing to feel like this you're choosing to be bummed out and then 
one of the things it was so cheesy i've talked about it a little bit but one of the things uh one of a therapist told me years ago um on one of the first meetings when i actually decided um that i was ready to start confronting all of the sadness um the self self-inflicted sadness um was every morning first thing in the morning waking up looking into the mirror and saying i love you and i thought that was the cheesiest thing in the world and then after like two weeks the sarcasm stopped when i was doing it and then i would start catching myself in the mirror throughout the day and reminding myself like oh hey man you're all right i love you and it's funny how, as you were talking about things being kind of like spiraling and cyclical, it's the yin and yang. It can be spiraling in the negative way, but also spiraling in the positive way. And I think the more that, the more that you start, um, you really do kind of have to force yourself to do it. But the more that you do start um, giving yourself that one little thing throughout the day, because for me, at least it was so easy. I mean, even at the, at the peak of, um, releasing a video and, you know, getting a million views in a day every day and just thinking like, you know, my shit didn't stink or whatever. And the ego gets fed so much, even in that and more money than I ever thought I'd ever, ever, ever make still, it was, you know, it ultimately added up into two things. One being, oh, hey, all this money and this success and people telling me that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread over and over again, that didn't fix the problem. And then two, being able to meet and hang out with and spend time with my heroes in their houses or them coming to my house and realizing that it didn't fix them either. And we're and exactly like them. <laughs> Exactly. Same, exact same as our heroes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange thing to go through, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world because I think it, had I not, um, I had, I not hit that point, that peak, because in life you kind of, you, you find a, a mountain to climb and then you hit the peak, you realize the peaks a plateau and then suddenly you slid down the hill and you got to go back up. And, um, you know, it, having gone through that though, and seen all of the the peaks and valleys of life, and realizing, okay, like I I truly do feel like I ran out of mistakes to make, and I I kind of I I appreciate that about my my journey. It's it's one of those weird things where. Um, you know, I hardly ever read the comments anymore, but the other day I was checking like my YouTube studio just to make sure, you know, see the trends, the analytics and how things are performing. And, you know, it was just the most recent comment, you know, it was two seconds before or after it was posted or whatever. And it was funny cause you know, it was some, some random, um, they were talking about, um, the most recent song I put out, they commented on it and said, you know, something like the song's so amazing. It's a shame his career is over. And, you know, back, back in the day, I would, I would go off on a whole tirade on Twitter or whatever and screenshot it and this and that. But it was funny because I, I laughed at it because it was like, I have never in my life been more happy, comfortable, vibey and profitable <laughs> especially yeah, yeah. With, with, with my own, like I, I own everything now. And it, and it's a funny thing. Cause it's like that person you know, the, the two seconds that they took to 
send the message and that's their idea like i i i really wonder like what they what their imagination of me is and then you think a step further and then you realize they probably didn't even imagine it they just wrote it and it was probably because you know that person probably i don't know maybe didn't really achieve their goals that, that that's the weirdest part about all of this in cancellation and this whatever you want to call it um you know i think a lot of people who go around on on the internet and comment on people and by all means i used to be a troll but like and i've i've definitely sent my messages and and had my conversations with the oh, people i was me oh, too like dude but i've i've threatened multiple people online yeah, and in good. my life <laughs> up until months ago <laughs> i don't and i will I'll don't fucking come near me. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's, it, it really, it, just really quick, it, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, uh, because I think it's relatable to, to a lot of people because it's at the point now where with all the cancel culture and with all of the, the way the internet just operates now and the way it's permeated life in general, um, it doesn't matter if you're a quote unquote celebrity or well-known or whatever, like at a certain point in your life, you're probably going to deal with some sort of, uh, version of that, and I think it's it's really good to remember that um, the only reason people are doing that in the first place is because they truly are not okay with themselves. And it's just like telling your kid on the, on the playground who just got bullied, like, "Oh, they're only bullying you because they're sad on the inside." It's like, "Hey, man, that doesn't go away. It just gets way more complex as you age." Dude, my heart goes out to all these fucking kids who are just working McDonald's in these small towns where this shit is happening that I can't imagine. Um, oh, dude, I mean, I got, I, I I got just, fucking ostracized and alienated in my town just for being my, being alive. I wasn't even that goth, just fucking visibly on site. You're weird. Um, but I want to tag mm. a few... That was a beautiful, beautiful arc in everything you said. Um, I have a... I, 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 therapists love me, by the way. All of my therapists, they, they fucking... I'm self-aware. I speak the, speak their language. It's like knowing sign language because um, I'm obsessed with this shit. And uh, but I remember my DBT group because DBT works like this. You have one primary uh, therapist that you see individually, and the two people who run the group. You have a total of eight to ten therapists that work with you. You have one primary because BPDs have a, uh, this is a huge stigma, and it's why eighty you guys eighty percent of people in the mental health field uh, won't even treat BPDs because there's such a stigma. The stigma is so real. Um, it's been taught through generations that uh, they were, they're all stalkers or whatever, or they're it's completely fucking backwards. Um, but anyways, you do develop because you're telling, you're sharing your core self and trauma with somebody. The BPDs have a thing called a favorite person. So this is what happened you guys when my ex became my favorite person and they were a dangerous, bad person. And I, and when they start inching away is because it doesn't matter because I, when I have a favorite person, them acknowledging I exist at all because BPDs don't, they have, we have a really, I've talked about this a lot. I, I, I have a, I will repeat myself uh, unashamed to you guys, but I, I become a vapor sometimes. But when, you know, my BPD symptoms come in because you guys, it's not present all the time in my fucking life. It's just, a, it's like a, it's like Silent Hill. It's like, it's like Silent Hill. Um, you know, like I'm just walking, going throughout my day. And then all of a sudden I hear the sirens go off and then I'm just me going about my day, but everything's on fire and made out of meat. 
and then I'm like, it is till it isn't, you know? So I was in group and, uh, you're talking about the looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. And so DBT is a just, it's run like a community college course. You get a degree. I have a fucking degree in it. So you have homework yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And, um, my two, my, my, my individual and my, 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 the person who basically gets you in the program can't be your individual for whatever reason. They have a whole system and they rotate, you know, but so my two favorite therapists were there. We meet once a week and I'm like, I'm having a bad week. And, and, uh, they're like, did you do your homework? And I'm like, yeah, I did this, but I'm not going to do the fucking look in the mirror, say positive. I was, they were like, why? I'm like, cause I feel like, mm. I feel like a fucking psychopath looking in my mirror and smiling. I'm not going to do that shit. They laughed so so loud. It's the whole point. <laughs> no, DBT is great. Marshall Linehan is great because it's like one thousand things that can help you. You're only gonna fucking identify with two or three. That's why that fucking program is two years. You, it, it's two years because you do the whole program, and the only way to finish it is to do the whole thing again. You have to do it twice. And yeah. And so my favorite thing about it was the, there's a whole thing about distraction techniques, right? And that cold water on the face thing is a distraction technique. And, um, so the idea is when you're in crisis, you guys, when you're depressed, you're, 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 and I tell, I I tell my friend today, uh, they're like, sorry, I didn't call you. I'm like in bed. I'm like, treat it like the flu. It, It is the flu. So binge watch your favorite movies and shows, eat junk food, check in three days if it doesn't pass treat it like the flu you're sick just you have the flu um real real quick interjection you you told me that years ago and i have passed that on to so many people and it's like oh my god like it has saved so many disasters of just mental health yeah, no, that's send the elevator back down, dude. And I share this stuff with you because I mm-hmm. know you're gonna. And I've, you're you have out of the blue be like, hey man, you told me this years ago, and I was able to do that for a friend. And also, you've spread the gospel of you not you don't have to fucking preheat your oven, you guys. Preheating <laughs> your fucking oven is bullshit. Every, t- every time I turn my oven on, I think of you. <laughs> <laughs> you have over the years, every time, four or five times over the years, it's been like. Thank you for saying this. It changed my life. You guys, the, it, you people will be like, uh, I'll be over at someone's house and I'm like, can we make a fucking pizza? They're like, yeah, yeah. And then we're standing there in front of their fucking oven and they have this frozen pizza in their hand and they're like, I'm like, put the pizza in. They're like, it has to be 425. Preheation, you guys, is a myth. It's a lie. It's another one of Christian America's lies that they sell you. It's the, it doesn't matter. Oh it gets the, the, the time that it gets to that point is just thawing it it's bullshit you guys the reason that they tell you to do that is so for a liability on the company because so your dumbass doesn't undercook it and get salmonella <laughs> and sue them Pre-heating. okay okay i have i have a story that that just reminded me of i have to go to the bathroom yeah take, so take a I'm bathroom gonna... break i'm so glad we got that committed to tape because that's my life <laughs> message you guys my number one life message don't you don't have to preheat your oven dude it doesn't matter it gets the temperature in two to three the ultimate the ultimate dustin martian hot take (laughs) all right we're gonna take a break so unique and uh we'll be back
from a break where I probably played uh, if not your uh, music or something. I'm going to punch in just with some agenda items quick. Uh, this is two weeks plus into Down and Smiley. Go to downandsmiley.art 
um, this is a thing I worked on for four years that Titanic Sinclair is on with his uh, music and um, his show Illuminati Island, which is fucking genius, which right before the podcast, you <laughs> churned one out. Um, you yeah, also have his show Titanic Talks. Uh, we are both Spotify-only podcasts, proud to be. And... Um, it's the he took the audio backlog of the YouTube Titanic talks and did a really fucking wonderful episode where I because I haven't even met your 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 very pregnant significant other yet but it's really uh, true. good to get to know her. Um, so we I'm not um, this is the there is a label. Uh, tips and donation thing at the bottom of the page. So, like, I built Feral Audio off your donations, guys. I'm not do. I'm giving you shit for free. Like, we're all in hard times, and we, we're fucking. I'm not asking for money, but any money that goes into that doesn't go this time till. Well, mostly it went to <clears throat> covering costs, but uh, because of Anchor FM, which you're gonna hear. Uh, because I got approved to do an ad. You're here at the top of the show, why I like Inker FM, but we're hosting this for free. So, um, but that goes to a pool of money. The label only acts like, so if you go to downandsmiley.art, I have built this label and website that I can run from my phone wherever I am, 24 hours a day. And they update the link all day, every day. And five of my favorite seven of my favorite artists are on board we're adding people all the time so i personally curate and my favorite thing in the world to do is curate is to you know guys know my spotify playlist you know feral audio i mean up until the end when shows started appearing on there that i didn't prove of but you know like um i love it you guys if you say everything about this is my favorite thing about what everybody's ever said <laughs> when people were trashing me and raking me through the coals they're like yo he's got great taste i'm like oh <laughs> it's like the <laughs> the best thing you can say about me um so anyways <laughs> down and smiley dot art down and smiley dot art down and smiley dot art i'm gonna do a solo episode soon breaking down what it is please listen to it so before we can unpack and get into the feral audio story which is guys i I was like, ah, this is a story I could tell the rest of my life, but um, please email me or tweet at me. And also, I am, I've refused to do any podcasts over the years. I am now, I will do any of your podcasts. I will answer any of your questions. Message me. I will guest on them. Uh, I got something to promote that I'm really proud of. So just check, check down and the, the way that you can pay me for this podcast and for his podcast and to make us keep doing this is I have the, 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 no one's ever used link tree like this. Okay. The website is just a link tree and I rotate those links to give you, there's a featured section, there's a catalog and I'm coming up with new, new categories on the fly. It's the most organic thing I've ever done. And the, the, I, I came out just sort of what it came out, you know, it's probably, it's not kind of for American audiences. It's really a love letter to Europe and Berlin and the Middle East. Um, so, but we have, a, it's all, uh, we have amazing American artists, including this uh, person you're listening to right now. So how I am going to make this work and become an actual label where I can then, we only act like a label when we step to our artists and say, let's make Titanic Sinclair. Let's make 25 cassette tapes of all of our unreleased music and um, we won't put it online and which just lives on these tapes, but each order is different. We Each tape is unique. And then I do a pop-up. We do pop-ups in you know, Austin and Portland, you come and fucking talk to us post COVID. We hang out and you buy it and it's just yours and nobody else has what you have. That's the idea of the label. And I can do that 
because if you keep checking it throughout the day, I keep statistics of that. And then I can, not for shitty, I mean, I have no problem doing Casper <laughs> mattresses all over. Who pay? <laughs> we're doing this for money too. We're all in our thirties. We all he's got a kid in the way. We all have houses. Um, so I can then you guys. There's going to be a sponsored section, and so for like fifty bucks, you'd be like, you want to promote your podcast, you want to promote your YouTube channel, your Instagram, your Twitch, your fucking anything you want, your music or whatever. Um, it's for if you're an individual, you can meet, reach out, and it'll be like fifty bucks a pop. And you'll be featured on the site, and I will fucking plug you on my podcast and oh, that's uh, cool yeah that's and, a good idea yeah and then if you're a small independent business it's a little more if you're a major corporation it's it's a lot more but we can do things for you like uh titanic sinclair can animate so a joan pope uh T temple of saturn is in a major what she does for a day job is create fucking commercials for <laughs> the most subversive artist you've ever Wild. met yeah is making she's the most amazing video editor um we can not only when you step to us uh if you're a major corporation like spotify or anybody if you want to do an ads you can get an it's it's across all of our podcasts and so all of our podcasts are by musicians and they're experimental and um you can step to us and be like 50 bucks just to be on the site XXXX just to be across the board and then this is this, this we will make an original promo for you that speaks to our audience and we will give you like art out of it. We will, we will do this grassroots but this is the idea how you can support that now is the same way that we look at podcast statistics you guys and sell those for advertisers Linktree does I pay for the thing so just check it throughout the day that's all I ask two or three times a day and you'll find amazing music and shit and I'm adding artists all the time you don't have to donate I would love if you know you, that money goes into a pool where I can make shit for you um, but if you want to support me this show us having these conversations blah 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 just check downinsmiley.art also downinsmiley.com follow our Twitter follow our Instagram just check it throughout the day I'm it's I'm DJing links you guys you know you know it. All right, that's the plug. <laughs> DJ and links. Um, it's one of the one of the few things that uh, in the future that aren't terrible. <laughs> no, dude, the internet needs DJs. I've been saying this my whole life. That's what all feral audio was for me. Was it's just, uh, you know, like it's it, I treat it like a live event, but I'm just like. You know, you need curators. It's an ocean. There's so yeah. much shit. You need somebody who's. Tr that's what. D that's a real DJ like John Peel, is somebody that whose taste you can trust and not that is just mm -hmm. not going to throw anything in there. You know, it's just like you need. We you need curators. So that's all this is. Yeah. All right. That's my plug. Very, very cool. Um, I would. Uh, I wanted to piggyback on that real fast and say, for the amount of people, thousands and thousands of comments and emails that I've had over the years, I think you'd be surprised when you have um, when you have something that is intriguing. How how down uh, someone like like uh, me or someone like Dustin is to promote it and, and oh, as much yeah. as we would love to do just do that for free there are operating costs to these things and i think for the the small the small uh price it, it would it would take to to have something like that be put into the world uh it's a lot a lot cooler than i don't know i mean 
dude, oh, like 50 I, bucks that's crazy i, dude, I spent I, that on lunch dude i dude it's I, I it's for people podcasts and music are people you guys and like these followers on your following list i don't know i have 80 followers that each one of those is a person with a life you know you, i yeah. want to i create platforms i don't know why it's what i do and i wanted to tag something before the commercial break because um you were talking about, you know, this didn't fill the void. This was satiating my ego, but like the ego and you guys have heard me. If you listen to the show t- is a part of your body. To me, it's like a visible third arm sticks out of your forehead and it's like another hand. It's like Peter Pan shadow or, or a better analogy is just like, um, you know, it just, that's a, that's a perfect analogy. Actually. Yeah. It just gets <laughs> fucking things done for, you know, it just, it's a part of you. And, um, so, but the, the ego is not a dirty word, but you were, saying like i just want to say the reasons you create because you would do it in a vacuum you did that i know because you show me shit that you made before you were in la like you are the type of person that just you create the reason you want to share it with other people i mean you're a tried and true diy indie guy you know like me but it's coming from a heart space so don't be i know it feels good to be like i do it for the validation i I do too you know i would do harmontown's live and i would just stand in front of the venue (laughs) you know but also those people i the they would all be trying to you know the 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 stars of the show is they just show man they're just going back to their hotel room and then i just find all the outliers and i'm like hey let's go to a bar and i i talk to those people all night you know it's not like but i wanted because like i said about the fair a lot of you think it's like I get a more that's why we have communities that's why each one of us exists you know Alan Watts says you know an apple tree apples the people tree peoples like we're all just when you have the more eyes you have you can only because if you're looking at the moon you know if you're looking at a sphere right or a ball a rubber ball and I'm holding it in my hand I can only see one side of it but if you know you're sitting on the other side you can tell me what's on the other side of it you know and it's like what if there's some fucking thing that I can't see so you report back we report back to each other right so I know you and I know you would do it in a vacuum even if nobody saw it but like I just want you to know and 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 also like we I don't want to go back to this place because uh but like I was so fucking always massively impressed of you putting yourself out there and on stage, like, you know, with your anxiety Mm. and shit. Cause I know just from knowing you, I think for me, it's depression and anger and yeah, anxiety. Like you guys. So for me, I was sorry, sorry to go back here, but, um, I don't have an, I just like the organic. I don't have really an agenda for this one, but, um, you know, speaking of mental health is like my, Most suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideations, a suicidal ideation is exhibiting anything in the real world physically. So when you guys see pictures of my face or you see me in person and you see these red bursted blood vessels, I have a big patch under my eye. They're all blown out through my face, right? So I was from such a young age because a suicidal thought even a thought is a stress reliever it releases the same type of uh i, I don't know if it's serotonin it, 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 the, the intake inhibitors that antidepressants give you just 
running with uh i don't have to fucking be here anymore i don't have to do <sighs> dude you're absolving yourself of all your stress the idea of like oh i don't have to fucking do any of this is calming but i learned um a lot of so what i would do i'm i'm doing these high profile recordings and you know, I'm cool and I hang out. And the second I'm alone in the bathroom, I'm punching myself in the face. I'm fucking choking my throat. I'm fucking air gunning to my head. And I'm looking. And then I'm going back into a room. That's me, you guys, when I'm going to the bathroom and, you know, like not anymore. And I'm really had a lot of success curbing these. Um, those ideations are like, a, you know. It's not, but I, I can't belittle it by saying it's a comfort. It's like a baby's blanket, favorite blanket or toy. It goes back that far. But I wanted to do this. I've been. I, I think I want to share this with you right now, uh, Titanic, because I've been trying to write this for years, and I, I wrote it as a blog post, and I told it to a very suicidal partner of mine last year, and I'm glad to occasionally check in and see that they're for the most part like here and doing it um i'm proud of them so i call it the groove and so here it is this is why you have to be really really careful with getting addicted or comfortable with your suicidal thoughts and actions so it's not just choking myself with my hands i would keep a noose and I would use like an electric, I would always have a noose at all times because even if I wasn't hanging myself, I was, I was, I would just put it around my neck and I'd pull on it and then I'd wake up in the morning. I would do it. To, it was almost like, yeah, rock myself to sleep. It's really dark. You guys, but I'm telling you I'm just being up front. So you, it's, I call it the groove. So this is a story. There's a, there's a, this, it's New York city and there's a restaurant, um, you know, and, uh, there's a guy where he's worked at it. He's in his seventies and he's worked at it since he was 12 years old. His parents worked there. Um, and he started working in the kitchen when he's 12. They're like, you're going to run this place someday. He started smoking cigarettes when he was 12. Right. So every day he goes to the back alley there. And uh, he sits in his chair, smokes cigarettes. Everybody's like, you got to stop smoking cigarettes, man. It's going to catch up with you someday. You're going to get cancer. You're going to get throat cancer. So every day, all day, every day, cigarettes go by. He turns 30, cigarettes, 40, 50, whatever. Seven-year-old man. This is a true story, by the way. This is an analogy. This is a true story. Um, it was, it was uh, I, I can't remember the book that it's in. It was told to me in a group therapy session this story is about habits and how habits catch up with you. Um, so this guy worked, you know, maybe he's in his sixties. He's about to retire. He's been working there since he's 12. He's spent six, seven days a week at this place. So every day he goes out and, uh, every single day since he's 12, there's a air con or maybe in the seventies, it starts kicking. There's an air conditioner unit and it drips down at his feet and he always puts his cigarette out in the water and he goes back in. He does this all day, every day sits the the air conditioner drips to his right he puts he sticks it out frozen a can over and over and over again he's in his 60s he's sitting in his chair just doing his thing air conditioner falls crushes his head kills him this is a true story and so in the end everybody was like cigarettes are going to catch up with you it's, like, it's the habit the the habit of him going to this place every day you know my friend 
uh, obviously, oddly enough, Liam Lynch, uh, we talked about last episode, he, he, before vaping was a thing, <laughs> he tried to, he asked me, you should stop smoking, you should get into vaping, and um, he goes, yeah, cigarettes to me were just like a punctuation mark throughout my day, it's just me for five minutes, and I, I do it too, and I realize, like, you guys are like, I, I, I'm not, I, I smoke, I'm not telling you not to smoke, but like, the thing that you're doing that's getting you buzzed is you're, you're breathing, you guys. <laughs> the thing that's yeah. actually getting you buzzed is yeah. oxygen because you're not breathing. Exactly. And so anyways, I call it the groove. Taking a time out. Yeah. And so you have to be really, 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 really... This is why when you have an unhealthy habit, this is why drugs go really far. So when I had my suicide, uh, you know, it was a rehearsal, you guys. And anybody who knows it, you rehearse it before you do it. And uh, this was a rehearsal, and uh, it went really far, really fast. And so I called the groove. So it's like, you, let's say you 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 have wooden steps in the front of your house, and you get up at six a.m. and you go to work every day. And every day, the first thing you do is you get coffee or whatever, and uh, you take that first step on that first wooden stair, and you hop in your way. You do this for years and years and years and years. And you don't realize it, but every time you step on that, it's 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 a little little pieces of wood are chipping away, and it's actually form fitting to your foot. And a day comes when you're just doing your thing, and you wake up, and you're going to work, and you go and you fall, you slide down the stairs. This is what suicidal ideations will do to you. This is what cutting. You think you, I know what a fucking I know I've done it. One of these days you're going to go too far too fast. And you were talking about you know I too like I learned what suicide was from Kurt Cobain. That was my hero, you know. And I had this thought the other day. It's like when I, I was like, if I could look, if I could send a message back to myself ten years ago, it's like, dude, all of your you all of your heroes are dead. What do you think's going to happen? <laughs> um, so I, I call it the groove, and so you must. Be very, very careful with what you do each day of your life. Because that cut with that razor, you will hit a vein. And, you know, most people that survive jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, almost 100%, I think, say they wish they didn't do it. And you guys, uh, heroin overdose, overdosing on drugs, it's not, you don't die in your, I, I hate to break this to you. If you drink on too many lorazepams and Xanaxes and you drink and you try to go to sleep, uh, what happens is your breathing becomes slower and slower and slower and your lungs are completely deflate and they get so flat your body forgets to do this thing that it does mindlessly, like your shadow, your ego sort of operates for you, like your lungs, anything in your body. You, and so what happens when you uh, overdose or you drink on too many benzos or whatever is you, your lungs are completely flat and deflated and you spring awake and you sit up and you can't catch your breath and you basically suffocate and drown wide awake. Nobody who's ever OD'd in their sleep, oh, he passed away. Anybody's a heart, nobody's ever passed away soundly in their sleep, guys. That's the fucking truth. <laughs> you fucking spring awake and you fucking, nobody gets out of this alive. 
<laughs> so point in my story is I called the groove and you gotta be really you have to be mind it's not it's mindfulness it's it's you can drink and you can you can do you can know that as long as you're doing it mindfully if you're mindlessly doing anything and it just becomes normal to you it doesn't have to be a bad thing you can just be thinking well I'm fucking uh I'm just using a toilet every day. Sorry to like, talk about toilets multiple times. <laughs> but it's like, uh, you know, someday it's like, if you aren't like fucking, you know, the seat becomes loose, you might sit on it, crack your head in the bathtub. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you die in the toilet like Elvis. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I call it the groove. Uh, I think I'm going to write, it's a whole piece I've been writing for years, but um, I just wanted to share this with you while we're ta- on the topic of it. Um, and we can move I think you. I, I don't think you have to write it. I think you just wrote it. Thank you. I'm you so, just, glad, that, I'm so that was, glad I get to share it on an episode with uh, my best friend. That was that was very uh, that was very intense and very thought provoking. I was sucked in. I was I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. You know, I thought we were going to come back from this. Uh, I had a, a silly story about paper towels. Yeah, yeah, no. I, wanna- <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I too had silly shit to say. What's your paper towel bit? <laughs> So uh, let me think back. Oh, we were the, uh, the preheating ovens. Preheating ovens, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How oh, that's it. that's a uh, conspiracy of some sort. It's bullshit. Um, it's just bullshit. Just it bullshit. is bullshit. Well, quick, quick side note. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners here use a bidet. Oh. If you want to, if you want to hop on the train of uh, not preheating your oven and just throwing that frozen pizza right in, um, the the step above that would be to um, get a bidet and protest against big toilet paper because, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> dude, I'm so glad you just reminded me. My first house when I moved to Portland, the dude had a bidet. I can't believe. Oh yeah, I. I have to. I have a house. To, I have to get one. Thank you. Oh, dude, you can get them for yeah, like thirty so bucks now. Yeah, you just pop they used the to water be water thing up. Yeah, I when I when, so I, I I got hip to it. Um, I, I was I mean probably twenty nine, I think twenty nine years old the first time I went overseas, and uh, I, I was very um, very. Uh, blindsided by the fact that most of the world doesn't use toilet paper like savages like we do here. <coughs> no. And, it's a Western um, phenomenon. Oh, it's so gross. You know, someone described it to me once like, okay, if you get poo-poo anywhere else, like on your hand or your elbow even, you're not just going to wipe wipe it off with paper. You're going to wash that with soap, you know? And, and like, <laughs> at some point in the past 10 years, and like I am so this should come as no surprise I am into BDSM I am into kink and uh, all that shit I have I have a couple of hard limits one no blood <laughs> no feces I keep dating people who have a blood <laughs> fetish and that, I, don't know says. I don't give or receive anal sex you guys uh, it's cool if you do um, it's not for me but if you knew, I don't like in LA when like it happened somewhere around 2014 or 15. Everybody just started eating each other's ass and talking about it. They, you know, if you knew how many people are out there eating ass, you wouldn't even consider polyamory. <laughs> it's people are out there eating each other's assholes in the in America where we don't it does, have. It does seem. 
It does seem like it happened really quickly, doesn't it? It was, you know, just suddenly out of the blue one day. It was just oh, over very three normalized. And there, there, I don't know if there was like necessarily like one like movie or TV show or anything that like promoted it because usually there's like a tipping point. I, this one I can't really pinpoint uh, the the booty hole uh, tipping point. Dude, all of a sudden. Uh, I, 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 eating ass became the millennial handshake it was like what the fuck everybody was t- <laughs> tweeting about it and talking about it i'm like dude i it's a it's, and people are doing it without bidets without that's the whole thing dude if you're european you're in any other country in the world baby eat that fucking ass <laughs> if you're in america you're the i'm i'm not i do not king shame i'm telling you this is fucking <laughs> This oh, I'll, I'll shame! I'll shame! I'll shame you all day long if you're eating booty without a bidet. Come Dude. on, people! Thirty dollars. Oh I'm so glad you reminded me because the asshole is just the exact center of your body. So when you have asshole problems, <laughs> your whole fucking day is ruined. Dude. It's like it's oh like fucking in its toilet paper. <laughs> Hey man, I'm I'm not I'm 35 years old. I'm not ashamed to still laugh at butts. I <laughs> used to be. I I hate. Uh, I my whole life I detest sort of like fecal humor. I couldn't even say that word for the longest time. I was just ugh, so tasteless. And I just I, I hate to warn you. I'll, I'll keep repeating myself. At 35, you guys use 50 percent. Come, you become your dad. And <laughs> I knew millennials were old because we all. I used to hate puns, dude. I hated puns, and everybody I know, I laugh at all. <laughs> puns dude, are funny. It's, That's it's how I know. So funny. <laughs> it's just one of the. Oh, for sure. I, I'm like left and right, like all day long. I'm just throwing them around. Do you know it's the um, oldest comedy form in the world? It has to be somewhere some about farts. <laughs> no, far, yeah, no. I think farts is the beginning of it, but puns precedes like Greek culture, and so it's the oldest oh, comedy wow. in the world. Yeah, if you look back through history on like tablets and shit, they're like puns. <laughs> it's like wow. it's like the most. That's why I hated it is because it's like it's never made me laugh super hard. It's just it's amusing. <laughs> well, at least we know that the our our ancient ancestors were over the age of thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess no. That's I guess most of them weren't. I mean, dude, I, I've I've had this conversation so many times with so many friends. Like you know, we'll be cracking up laughing hysterically, like in tears, and it inevitably gets to like, okay, what was the funniest thing you've ever seen or experienced in real life, and. And I, sorry, my cat oh, is I hear uh, it's, singing hi, in the background. Oh, I can hear it. Kiki, yeah. are you singing us a song? Um, no, but the, the, I've thought long and hard about this probably too much the funniest thing i think i've ever seen <laughs> was i was in <laughs> this was probably <laughs> probably t- maybe 10th grade i'm laughing and i haven't even heard it <laughs> this this kid John, i, I, don't I love cry. your laughter really quick you have the best laugh in the world <laughs> and i can Dude. tell how funny this is gonna be already <laughs> go keep going I don't want to throw him under the bus, but his first name was John. And it was just silent reading, and this kid sneezed and farted. It was like... It was, dude. I still, my buddy Eugene, he's like one of my best friends. Like, dude, this is this is literally like 2002. This is 20 years ago, and we still, we're still laughing about this kid. He just couldn't hold the phone. 
<laughs> and, 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 and my brother and I, oh, oh, dude, my brother's gonna do a podcast with me too. Oh my god, uh, Titanic talks, or are you guys doing your own thing? <laughs> yeah, Titanic talks. Oh, so he's awesome. gonna be a guest. He's, the, I mean, dude, he's the funniest person ever. And so we, we've talked about this a lot because he's heard that story a million times. But <laughs> the infamous John fart sneeze. Well, I guess it was a sneeze fart. But um, the other funny thing that would that, you're right, dude. That would precede language, dude. Cavemen, <laughs> they would laugh. It's just primordial. <laughs> Animals would laugh at that. It's just it's too involuntary, unfortunate things that make silly sounds. <laughs> like it's just infinitely funny. But dude, so we realized. I mean, years and years and years ago, this is about the same time as the as the uh, sneeze fart. But when I first started getting into like making like movies and videos, short films and all that, it was with my buddies. We're just doing. It was like the the peak of like when everyone was trying to do like a comedy troupe with video. That whole like post Stella, right before the Lonely Island came out, and Balloon Shop, which was on YouTube around that time before YouTube even came out, actually. Um, we would make these silly videos. My buddy Paul Hauser. I don't know if you. Did you ever meet him? He's an actor, Paul Walter Hauser. No, he played Richard Jewell in Clint Eastwood's movie. He's in that uh, oh, Hundred One Dalmatians. I haven't met him. Um, he's, he's such a sweetheart. He's, oh he's, fuck! Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It's friend of yours. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, oh, amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing actor. Um. And what a career he's had. Holy smokes. But dude, we, we started when we were kids and he was the only person in town. Cause you know, this is Saginaw, Michigan. Oh People dude, didn't... he is, he's in, I think you should leave. He's the guy. Yeah. Um, but so we, we made all these silly videos and, um, we realized one, one, of one comedic trick that I've never really seen done well i'm sure someone listening will probably do this to, like way better than i ever did but so feel feel free to use the idea but um i've always wanted to well pretty much every script i write i write this into it but none of those will ever get made but it's when someone's in like a really heated argument in the middle of it and they sneeze <laughs> <laughs> It just it kind of like it kind of invalidates everything. But we dude. did we did dude, I have a clip uh with, with Paul Paul Walterhauser and my old buddy Mike Blodgett and um it was like a thing that like I directed in high school. I think it's on the internet still. Ooh, thunder. Finally getting some storms Ooh, here. Um jealous and it's it's like these two farmers basically out there arguing. Uh very immature. Um uh, uh, humor that wouldn't fly today, but two farmers are arguing and they're, it's super heated and, and the one guy just sneezes and everything stops. And, and the other guy he's arguing with is like, I hate you, man, but God bless you. <laughs> it's just like, Dude, I have a fucking, oh. the best fact I have seen thou- a thousand concerts, live performances. I'm like, why have I never seen of all the people anybody sneeze on stage um wow, i've never yeah. seen a musician actor sneeze on stage do you want to know why i've probably played a thousand shows i don't think i've ever sneezed because the you're this is what's crazy about the human body um with, with like how graham hancock says you know we're probably a lot older than we thought like i i i feel like 
uh, it's like trial and error through hum- human whatever. I don't. You were t- I, I'm sure people in some sort of early humanoid thing sneezed in front of a crowd and they stoned them to death, and that's the reason why. <laughs> but um, oh my god! When you wow. are on stage, you know that feeling of you know m- most people are afraid. I don't like being on stage. Of um, it's weird as I'm not afraid of death, but uh, I'm afraid of, you know, being on stage, but people oh, would rather, those, huh? yeah, people would rather die. <laughs> Interesting. Than be on stage. The adrenaline <clears throat> that you get from being in front of a group of people, there's um, nothing like it opens all of your sinuses and pores completely. Um, in your capillaries basically. So you, oh, I didn't that's know why, that well. I, isn't that a crazy fucking fact? <laughs> Wow. I, I would assume that wearing uh, latex and a latex mask and in-ear monitors and a wig that you can't see out of maybe changes that a bit. <laughs> yeah, you've, nev- dude, you've <laughs> never seen panic attacks fucking Tom York sneeze. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, that's a good point. Isn't it crazy? Um, dude, you fucking pulled something <laughs> in my brain. I gotta talk about... This is... I've, I've never... I love that you just ignited something that I have never talked to you about or sorry the funniest person that I will ever know in my life was my best friend in seventh and eighth grade and I can't say his last name but I'll tell you the the full loop um did he sneeze and then fart accidentally it's (laughs) so much deeper and funnier than that um his name was Mike and uh we were like you know we met like pre-puberty we were 11 or 12 and you know like I love the 20s and 30s and have an affinity for it and it's not just because you know I grew up a Smashing Pumpkins kid and like I obviously informed my Billy Corgan's because we were poor and I had a public library card and so you know I just would go in the VHS tapes that I, I would just yard old shit you know Buzz Bieber Kelly and old black and white movies and Alfred Hitchcock and um so anyways oh yeah Metropolis <clears throat> Metropolis is my favorite movie of all fucking time my dream dude is I've been oh working- dude my real really quick I had a phone call two days ago with a good friend of mine actor and he's been doing the dating scene in LA and he's like yeah I dated the director of Metropolis's great great granddaughter oh, it was Lane. crazy dude the cover of my yeah. first album on Bandcamp <clears throat> is still from dude Metropolis has been my favorite movie my, everybody who's dated me has seen it even James Adomian who was my friend before it's moved to LA so good i was showing it to james adomian this comedian and he was staying at my house like in madison wisconsin before he went to la and i showed it to him and he goes it's just capitalism oh my god yeah um, my lifelong the scene dream at the end with the machine anyway go ahead my lifelong dream is to do an original score for it um before i die i will do it i've tried but it, it was some before i my it's literally if you look at my list of things in my phone right now it's my number one thing to do a uh, so <clears throat> this is my favorite movie and my first day in la i was recording and i love matt besser you guys like i know he's a curmudgeon but i did two independent albums like out of his house with besser um and i'm a huge ucb fan um you know we did when he found that i was just like a I, I i saw him at the touch and go festival and i was like a diy midwest guy he had me over his fucking house and he's like i don't want to do a comedy album on a label how do i do this on my own and i just taught him how to audio it we put out two uh, you know he's the shit i love him but my first day in la he's like a hero of mine and i'm just nervous it's my first time around comedians it's like matt besser and tig Nataro or whatever and it's my literally first like day and i'm like so excited with like stars in my eyes and like uh besser's just got like a pithy just like thing all the time uh i know how cool he is but you know he's got a curmudgeon thing i i don't know how it came up but they're like somebody asked like you know well you're in la like 
you know, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, oh, Metropolis. And they're like, what's Metropolis? I'm like, oh, it's this movie from the 1920s. What? In that- L.A.? Someone said that? Yeah, somebody... I was, we were in a room full of comedians or whatever. You're like, oh, like, what's your okay. what's your favorite movie or something? It was like a room full of people, and Besser was in it. And I was like, oh, Metropolis. And they're like, what's Metropolis? I'm like, yeah, it's like 1929, like Fritz Lang or whatever. And he goes, Besser's like, you like a, your favorite movies from the 1920s? You can't... Your favorite movie can't be from the 20s? I was like, oh, okay. And they like, ran with it. <laughs> it's my absolute favorite movie. I've been wanting to do a score for... Anyways, the funniest fucking guy... We he would come over when you were eleven or twelve, and we would watch all these old time movies. And um, I don't know how our friendship started. It's seventh and eighth grade got split up. Like I was the last year in this old dilapidated middle school where um, it was so old. Like during World War Two, it was like actually like a stationary for like soldiers. It had black mold. They tore. I was my sixth grade. Spent there, so they turned seventh and eighth grade to like its own shitty school and i met mike there and you know his parents were a little more well off than mine uh he lived with his mom his super hot mom and uh his stepdad who be this is a suburb of madison called stoughton i grew up in this suburb uh i'll finally come clean it's an old thing that Mm -hmm. like uh bands do I went to high school in Madison and grew up in Madison in Chicago, but I, my, I went to, so I own it, but, um, my youth was in the suburb, super racist, shitty little town, uh, called Stone. But so Mike and I went to school. And so to burn through this, like I would show him these old timey movies and he would just, we both had prepubescent voices and he just, he would be like, ah, <laughs> he would, one man show all the time. But dude, this guy was so fearless and funny. And he goes, ah, oh, man, seventh grade started. Uh, man, we got gotta get girls man the only thing that matters is goyles <laughs> he was like on all the time he was like all i care about is goyles and uh he would talk in this cagney accent so i would spend the night at his house in the summer and he, i would sleep in the bottom bunk and he had to sleep on the top and he did this thing every time i slept over he never did not do this thing and i have i'm about to share funniest stories but you talk about that story is he calls it the naked elf dance so you would I would wake up and you would forget every time because you know I'd wake up and he would just hear you wrestle and he would jump from the top bed with his briefs hijacked up his ass and he has like one arm like a like he's a gnome or like a and he goes, get up dance. <laughs> Super funny kid every time. Fearless. And then so we are in seventh grade and his whole thing is like, man, we got to get a girlfriend. <laughs> we got to get girls. We got to get girls. <laughs> and he's obsessed with fucking girls. And so then this guy named Charlie moves to our town in Wisconsin from California. And like, oh on boy, here paper, we go. <laughs> on paper, like he's not like a terribly bad looking guy. He's not terrible, but he just has blonde you know hair and he's like oh he's from california but he's wearing green corduroys and mm. at, we didn't wear corduroys in our fucking school we wore jeans oh, and slacks. same in michigan if you wear corduroys oh, yeah. you're a target dude you're a target so charlie comes and then the second he sees the new he wa- it's literally like a movie like every girl's like who's he or whatever and mike goes fuck fuck and i'm like dude what's wrong he goes I can't hang out after school. Sorry. Fuck. And I was like, Jesus, what's going on? And, uh, he like left, you know, or at the end of the day, like we were usually hung out every day and I didn't fucking see him. And then, uh, <laughs> go to school the next day. 
and he's got giant fucking corduroys on and he goes I fucking hate these dude fucking people can people can hear me walking down the hall and he goes I just I gotta keep up with this fucking guy he goes but anyway, so like I lose touch with him and, uh, you know, before I leave that town, I'm like working at a grocery store and I see him as a grown man. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Mike, <laughs> what's up? Funniest <laughs> person I've ever met in my life. And he's like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. I got kids. It just complete life had just completely Whoa. muted him. He's still a great guy. Don't worry about it. But uh, he was the funniest. There, I've, you got to understand, I've worked with the biggest comedians. The only person that I think is funnier off the cuff than him is you, honestly. <laughs> that was the funniest person I'll ever meet in my life. Um, I want to say, like, I guess uh, we were coming up with different ways to do this, but um, I think from here on out i think every time we do one of these i think we're going to alternate um so every time uh titanic and i do it's going to be ones on this show and the other one's gonna be on titanic talks so if you hear one this so we i you know and i could that's what i was like fuck man i after we did that i was like fucking only one person i want to talk to and i love how you're enthusiastic about it (laughs) because i've been trying to get you to pot you know it's like like i said before like musicians don't think like podcasters like we've tried over the years but like our whole like you know life had to fucking come around and now we're just like it sounds like you're in the fucking room with me dude i miss you that's weird (laughs) it's like an excuse to talk to your friends we just we have this is we if anybody out there has a tiktok (laughs) anybody listening is good at tiktok my our music is on there and it pays spotify does so when you guys go viral using our music even if like i'm not i'm an elder millennial guys i'm fucking that was tiktok no it was snapchat because i am i've been on the internet before and dude when i was 1994 my dad kicked open that he worked for ups in the middle of a snowstorm kicked open a door and it's a computer computer and it's like yay and uh i took it in there and i was like nine years old and i was like doesn't even have a modem he's like what's a modem and i was like give me 40 dollars and i walked in the snow and i dude this is 1994 i was nine years old and i walked in the snow because we were my parents got divorced we called it the community it's like this shitty apartment complex behind the walmart where everybody in our town of stoughton's parents got divorced we like all lived at one point Um, I was nine years old, dude, 1994. My dad, well, I walked all the way to Walmart and I saw how much a modem was and I walked back and I said, give me $40. He goes, okay. And I go and I I buy a 14.4K BPS modem. It's the only modem. Wow. And it's a hard, like little disc thing. I've never touched a, I've used computers at school and the kid across the street from me had it and he had the internet. And that's how I learned all my stuff too. I had an older, older kid in the neighborhood and he he introduced me to napster yeah man like i he i saw the internet at his house i'm like i have i have to have this and so yep. he is 1994 and i'm nine years old guys and i go and i fucking take this brand new computer i don't have a screwdriver and he, this is how it's like a fucking wild animal dude Mm. I pry open the back because I, I look at the uh, instructions for the modem and it's like it pops right in these little slots. And I, right. I, I pry open the because I pry open the back and I'm like, oh, I can see it. I can see it. And a brand new computer. But you know how expensive they were back then? <laughs> just a brand new computer. And I go, oh, yeah. And I just expensive. I literally like an animal cracked open the case. <laughs> and, and my dad is like fucking losing his mind. And I was like, nah. And I fucking installed it <laughs> nine years old a 14.4 kilobyte modem. My dad knows nothing to this day about 
anything. And so I go, it needs a phone line. And at the time, we mm-hmm. had a really long cable. It was this, yeah, my dad's first apartment after the divorce. So I would run this phone cable out. And he was like, whoa. And he was amazed at what I was, my dad, my entire life just thinks I'm a, a genius because I just under mm-hmm. like he just doesn't under like how do I do the printer I'm like oh he, so I just pretend that I know what I'm doing like meanwhile I'm like googling everything he has to be right <laughs> you're like yeah. how do I turn the printer on I'm like oh yeah let me come over and, and I turn the printer on <laughs> press <Yeah>. on <laughs> anyways but no like I was just so compelled to be on this the fucking internet so I crack open a brand new computer you know he's mad for a second and then I plug it in and I'm like look and he's my dad is sitting this I'm nine years old and he's behind me he's like wow like he's and uh before AOL I was my I, I want to ask you this after I tell the story if you remember the first thing you ever did online um so I do. uh it was prodigy it was a BB it's basically Basically, the internet came full circle. It was basically just Reddit. It was just bulletin board services. So I go, it needs a phone because the computer came with Prodigy built into it. So about a month of using the internet, my dad came in, kicked the door down, took the computer away because uh, it was, you guys, they used to pay per minute to use the internet through your phone line. It was like a $650 fucking phone bill. So anyways, the first thing I ever did online and I had it in front of me and I, I figured it out and it was just like, you know, type in, what do you want? And I just, the first thing I ever did on the internet was go to a white zombie bulletin board. Wow. <laughs> and I saw, cause I just got Astro Creep 2000, great fucking record. And I wrote white zombie kicks ass. <laughs> it felt like <laughs> a king. And then I checked it over like the course of like three weeks and everybody was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I, the first I time my people. ever felt validation in my life. And so I'm not even mm-hmm. joking. Um, I'm not even joking. If you add it up since I was nine years old, 1994, every day that I've not been on the internet, it's probably less than a month. I've been online in some way every day. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, do you remember the first thing you ever did in the internet? Yeah, so my, this would have been probably well. It was in our, our old shitty house, um, so this would have been oh nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety four probably. And um, my my old man he he brought home a computer um, and put it in the kitchen on the kitchen table and it was same deal you know um it, this is pre-ethernet so 56k phone phone connection uh if anyone picked up the phone it would knock you off the internet yeah people and, don't realize no you it was you'd have to call over and over just to get it was a you'd have to um when i went to the berlin um i was uh dating my friend out there for a minute um and then uh, I think I was 34. Yeah. When I went to Berlin and she lived in the Netherlands and I went and visited her in the Netherlands. She was 23. <clears throat> I was trying to describe what you're saying. So to interrupt, but I played her. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like you'd have to call over and over again. She's like, what are you talking about? And so her first language is Dutch and she's amazing at English. She teaches it, but all of her thoughts form in Dutch and then it has to come out in English. Right. Wow. So I played her the sound from YouTube of a dial up modem. 
You know that mm-hmm. screeching? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then Ruse, I love you forever. Thruz, I can't roll my tongue. It's Rose, but her name is Thruz. And uh, I can't roll my tongue either. Yeah, man, we're from the Midwest. <laughs> we fucking Midwest. <laughs> yeah. We can't. We can't. I don't know how spicy of a food you can take. But anyways, she goes. She. I show her this, and she goes. It's like I'm hearing something being born. And I was like, wow. fuck, it's like, you are. It's like an alien, it's screaming like an infant. But anyways, your That's first time, 1994, wow. first time on the internet. What yeah, we're in do? the kitchen, uh, you know, and this is early 90s. So for some reason, everything like it was just, I just remember there being like brown carpet everywhere for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and like all the furniture was like brown and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um brown too dude <laughs> yeah it was like a whole thing apparently and um and it was cool because my my dad you know he's he's uh he's a producer um of like documentary films at the time he was working he was uh, a reporter for the local news and um I think maybe through work he had, he had uh, got his hands on a computer or something like that or internet access and it was either prodigy or Netscape navigator. And, um, so when I was really young, we used to go to the, uh, the library and pull up, like you see it in movies where they'll pull up like old newspaper things and that weird, like it looked like a computer, yeah. but it was just I, yeah. that whole system. Like, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. The projector but, um, on the, well, they turn all of the history of newspapers into basically film print and then you would go in and magnify it. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, basically like negatives of the actual, dude, I remember uh, for catalog. Dude, I remember when it was like the, yeah. Yeah. So we would do that. And, um, and so, so like the like documentaries and stuff that he makes, it's all about like shipwrecks in the Great Lakes. And so he used to have to go through the newspaper clippings and stuff and find whatever information or, you know, try to locate these people because his life's work basically has been like going and finding the survivors of all these wow. horrific and you know, just amazing shipwrecks that happened. Um, and then going and interviewing the survivors to hear like, hey, what really happened? Because most of these people... You know, and especially at, at the time, uh, you know, this is probably like in the 90s when he was doing this like hardcore, uh, at least like getting the interviews because all these people were about to die. And he talked to these 90 year old dudes who, you know, they were uh, in the, you know, 1915 and ni- through the 1930s, like these they had no way of like even recording audio of inter- yeah. interviewing like when this happened. So that's kind of what he's done with his life. And, um, it's really interesting stuff. But I remember when we finally got the internet and it might've been through, um, like news groups. Do you remember like all that or, or like MIRC or oh, dude, MRC? Yeah. ICQ. Fucking, yeah. 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 So I, I, I want to say, cause I was on those for, for a while. I was into it for like music, which is funny. That's how you're. you're yeah. There was a lot of ASCII art of incestuous Simpsons. You would go into a chat room and it would be like Simpsons incest made out of ASCII art. Sorry if anybody remembers that. Pre, pre JPEG. (laughs) Yeah. Pre JPEG. It was a weird phenomenon. It was a weird. Yeah. Really quick, quick side note. Hard to believe that this is around the time of like Terminator Two, and they were doing some of the best visual effects. My dad, obviously, they're on favorite like, movie of all time. I've seen it so many times, and I'm so proud when he visited LA. Um, I took him to Universal Studios, and I took him on that ride. Just it was around oh, Christmas, yeah. the last two weeks it existed. It is the 
continuation of what happens at the end of Terminator 2. If you never did the Universal... Term- that was the 3D one, right? Yeah, but the whole room fucking yeah, shakes. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, my dad's favorite <laughs> movie of all time, dude. I've seen it. You know what's so amazing about that movie? I'm going to let you get back to your story. Listen to it on headphones. All of the audio and the entire thing is superficial. It's a really? huge influence on me. Yeah, all the dialogue. All, if you watch it, it's all overdubbed and it's superficial. Anyways, keep going. No way. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to watch it again. I didn't know that. Yeah, check it out. I mean, James Cameron, which which is kind of full Genius. circle because he, he ended up doing Titanic. That's my stage name. My old man does shipwreck documentaries. Yeah, my favorite I mean, movies. These the names Abyss. write themselves. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah, that's 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 still so that's probably my dad's favorite movie is The Abyss. Oh, he loves that movie. I mean, it's really good. But um, so yeah. Anyway, long story short um yeah it was it was seeing i remember him i specifically remember him like looking at me and being like hey this is the internet it's like the library but it's the entire planet <laughs> and i was just like what oh man your and dad taught you the internet i'm gonna do an uh a, a, an episode with him or probably more because he's a fascinating individual yeah. and he's got an he's got an re20 so he knows what's up <laughs> please do i my the internet was my replacement for a dad dude i didn't learn how to tie a tie my dad is like (sighs) he's just was he's a workaholic he's just checked out and he got so i'm i have one parent that just never took care of themselves and just the darkest mental my whole life but i he's my friend now but like he was so checked out man during that time but like i went on aol people connection I learned how to tie it. I wanted to wear a tie. My, I learned, I, wow. I, that's how I learned how to tie a tie. Like, but the few things he's ever taught me, um, in his own weird way. And I have, I actually want to tell you the story. Um, because it just reminded me that it correlates to this shit. I really hate this fucking video that's passed around of you early LA that everybody keeps fucking tagging because it's like when you were living there with uh, the, the during the Mars Argo time, like myself included, it was just edgelord manner, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it was, it was the second those doors closed, we were just fucking could say and do anything we wanted, you know? And it wasn't just you. It was chaos. Yeah. It wasn't just me. <laughs> everybody said everything. Anyways, you know, like, and when people are just like, in when they're threatened and they just resort, you basically, when you're in a fight with somebody that you're like connected to, you just resort to juve, you resort to like infant juvenile shit or whatever. Sorry, dude. It's like this fucking video passed around of you that you're ex hook and it's like, you're, you're, mo- you're, you're both drunk and vulnerable, and it's like. You, you, my, so I have the story of like, my dad and I were, we feuded. Talk about like punches being thrown, kicked me out of my house at 18, or I'm sorry, 15 and 18. <clears throat> Told him my whole life, the day you turn 18, you're out. And I, my birthday's in February. On my 18th birthday, got home from school, all my shit, and was on the curb in the state. He was not joking. We did not get along. Um, and uh, I remember we were, of all the things my dad taught me, and he's a lifelong Republican, you guys. My, he met my mom standing in line voting for somebody or whatever, and she's like this big liberal, worked for Matt. He's just like a staunch Republican his whole life. And uh, I remember we were, I was 15. And I was just my full fucking angst, edge lord, whatever. 
and uh, we were fighting and I called him the N word. And I told him the story to his face and he remembers it. And I was just called him the N word. And he reached back and he punched me in the mouth. And I fell to the ground. And he grabbed me my shirt. And he goes, never say that word again. That's the worst word you can say. If I ever hear you do that, you're out of this house. I work, I work with black people. I will not going to have any, my, 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 any of my children say that word. It fucking was really effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds effective. Well, yeah, you know, and it's like just words, like whatever, like, you know, when you're like just edgelording and you're just in a fucking, just trying to be the most of, like shocking offensive or whatever. But like the other times, you know, I would do this thing too because my mom is actually his, my aunt is like my mom, his sister or whatever, because my mom's not, you know, mentally ill and checked out. And she's constantly for years, like she doesn't have any kids of her own. And she would just send me like big checks, you know, like, I just want to give this to you. And I, I would go, sorry, I can't, like, I have checks from her. I didn't cash. And he would, the, the things that my dad taught me, like really stuck. And I kept doing it. And he pulled me aside and he goes, people don't give you that for you. It makes them feel good about themselves that they are able to do that. Never turn down money ever. It's not for, it's not all about you. It makes them feel good. Another amazing thing about my dad is um, when I was, I turned uh, 11, I think I told a story about when I was three or whatever and I was trying to sit at the piano and he's like, you can't sit behind the yeah. piano like a girl. When I did my 11th birthday, because I, I had gotten melancholy in the infinite, my February 16th, so I'd gotten melancholy for Christmas, the 25th of 1995. Yeah, and I was just obsessed with it and music. And he he left for work at like four in the morning. On my birthday, the door swung open. He had a fucking acoustic guitar in a case, and I screamed. And he wow. got me my first acoustic guitar. And um, my entire life, so like when Smashing Pumpkins' door came out, it came out in the middle of July. Any time, it didn't matter if it was my birthday, if I ever wanted a fucking album or a CD. I would just ask him and he would just get it for me. And uh, wow. for some reason, he would he would buy them without me asking. And in the 90s, any band that had the word soul in the title, like he would come <laughs> home. He, it was like soul asylum and soul collect. I was like, okay, well, all right. Dude, I've been, I've been like unironically listening to soul asylum. Oh, recently. dude, have you heard that song 99 or 99% on the fucking uh, first? Know. It's a song, dude. Maybe not. They were a hair metal band. Um, yeah. Before the Runaway Train. And um, there is a Runaway song. Runaway Train. Dude, never great, great back. fucking. It's one of those songs so that you, good. somebody told me that, oh, that's a Tom Petty cover. And it's not. It's just one of those songs that you hear that just sounds like you've heard it before. The track eight or nine, listen to it tonight. It's called 99% of the time. It's fucking great. Um, so yeah, like, um, and then the, the other last thing that my dad um, bestowed upon me that I want to bestow upon uh, everybody is, you know, yeah, maybe, and I've never related to him more. Like, like I'm saying, uh, when I visited him last summer, I'm like, you're going to love it because I'm basically you now. <laughs> um, and we worked, we had a whole day last summer where he has this cabin in the and we chopped down trees together. We just, we didn't fight or bicker. It's just like 12 hours of me and my dad for the first time in the yard. He was so happy. Like best day I've ever had with him last summer, you know, chopping down trees and burning shit. And uh, now that I have a yard in my house, 
I'm second I get home, there's just nonstop shit to do. And it's like, oh, I can't feel any of my feelings. There's so much to do. I understand him more every day. But he goes, uh, the last bit of knowledge that he, like, the stuff that he did teach me, like, really stuck. But, um, he goes, you know, I, I, I've had, he's bailed me out, you know, he he's retired now. So, but you know, many times my car broke down or this, 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 and I needed money and I was doing crazy shit to get money. And then, um, one day he was, I'd already borrowed and I was self-crucifying, you know, it's really easy to self-crucify. I know mm-hmm. it's meant with, you just go, Oh, I like fucking shouldn't be doing this. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then, so when you finally like have the courage to approach somebody to convey what you need, you're just sort of the whole time just like, I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, don't say you're sorry. Stop. What do you need? And I was like, I just want to stop. What do you need? I need like $2,000. He goes, okay, here's a check. And he goes, you'll never, he goes, always ask for what you need. The person can say no and it's fine, but I'm able to do this for you right now. He goes, always ask for what you need. That's like, like the stuff that he does bestow upon me, like stuck, you know, you'll never know if you don't ask, you know, that's basically what he said. Like people can say no to you and it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I had to say no to someone recently. They asked me for $50,000 Wow! and I have never met them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okie dokie. <laughs> That's the most fun. No, you could say ever. I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> In- intense situation dude we have a crazy thunderstorm running it right now i i my fear is that my wi-fi might go out so i think we should beautiful ending yeah we should should put a button on it and then yeah next next time um let's do let's have you on titanic talks and then we'll get to the stories we didn't get to tonight because i still i could absolutely keep going but no good call yeah we're we're at 220 um Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I came up with... Uh, I, I'll, I'll pitch you another time because I don't think it fits the episode and the conversation. Um, but really quick flash round of the only segment that we have on Dustin Martian, a post-podcast 2020. I know everybody listening is at the edge of their seat, and you're going to say it along with me as soon as I get this very... Let's sick. go, baby. This is, this is my... This this is, this is what we call random question generator. Let's go. I'm so ready for this. Random question generator. So what random question generator is, if you've never heard the show before, if you want to hear the uh, past episodes, beyond the paywall on Patreon, or you listen to the first episode with Titanic Sinclair, this is Titanic Sinclair 2. It is a just like a very so I was kind of checked out from society for a while I got fucking cancelled because it's real and it exists Um, because it (laughs) happened to me and it wasn't the fact that it's called cancelled just speaks volumes dude like it's a fucking TV show dude it's my like cancelled dude isn't that creepy that you're cancelled and it's like I hear people excuse it it's like um, it's like say what you want about Manson uh, his shit 
uh, it's a big time, you know, separate the art from the artist. His, like, through his lyrics, has bestowed, he's predicted so much shit. But, you know, when you listen to, uh, I think it's Man That You Fear, he goes, The screen is us and we're TV. It's like we've literally auto televisioned ourselves. We've become the television. The fact that they call it canceling, like it's a fucking show, it's demonic. Anyways, while I was busy being canceled and everybody was doing uh, whatever you guys were doing for the past four years, um, just, you know, tearing down uh, random people in your in your Twitter feeds <laughs> and participating in groupthink and overall just being... Um, uh, Cave people, <laughs> fucking cave people with tablet device. You're you're a bunch of it's nothing's it's, it's medieval times with computers in your hand. Nothing's changed. Fuck you. Anyways, I was building this really sophisticated <laughs> cancel culture. Doesn't exist. Fucking dude, look at my face. I look forty three. Um, okay, all right. This is called random question generator, and how it works is I built this like you. That's it's, it's hold on. I, I, I exhausted its engine, so it's called random question generator. So these are questions that are like party favors, stupid questions. They're like middle, like thought provoking. They're supposed to invoke conversation. Some of them are deep philosophical, unanswerable questions. Titanic Sinclair, we're doing a quick round before the thunderstorm in your rural town in Texas destroys your internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> and random question generator. Okay, here we go. Titanic Sinclair. Wow. This always has your number. If you took a ship and replace all of its parts until none of the original parts are intact anymore, is it the same ship or a completely different ship? Let me read that again. Hmm. If you took a ship and replaced all of its parts until none of the original parts are intact anymore, is it the same ship or a completely different ship? Titanic, Sinclair, named after the Titanic... Uh, random question generator. It's the same ship, but it's no longer a ship. Great answer. Random question generator. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being with it. Oh my god, dude. This is crazy. Oh my god, dude. It's like... Uh, uh, it's like roll like a magic eight ball when it's like it's like fucking okay. Does art? <laughs> I can't believe you got it. Does art have? Go. To, <laughs> all right. Random question generator is asking: Does art have to be good to be art? No, absolutely not. Most art sucks. Yes, ninety percent of music is terrible. That's why people are shitting on Spotify. It's like, dude, you're the one who told. Like, I'm on Spotify. I just got paid sixty. You know how many terrible musicians are on there? Like, getting, getting paid. You know, and and even like beyond music, like look at some of the most celebrated artists. Uh, I mean, visual artists ever. I, I, I grew up like obsessed with Andy Warhol, and I mean, arguably, it's just screen prints. They arguably it sucks. Yeah, he didn't even make it. I, I, you love Andy Warhol. I think he ruined art forever. He made way for. That's why of, I love him. I, I know he's a disruptive <laughs> innovator. No, I love him, and you've convinced me. And I love him. There's nobody like him. Like we need people like that. No, but like it paved. And I'm not. 
not talking about him at the time. I'm talking about in the long term. Art, if you look at advertisements before Andy Warhol, they're like really deep, detailed, hand-drawn paintings because photography wasn't really fucking... It was super expensive. Yeah. And so... And that's that's how he started, too. Yeah, but you go to LA, dude, it's like everybody just does shitty screen print shit and it's like they're an artist and it's like he just paved the way for like corporate art. Not his by his own... But yeah, no. He's genius. You're right. Yeah. But like he... I feel like he... He after post Warhol just homogenized art, and yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like you know, uh, it's the same thing with Jesus. You know, everything Jesus said was amazing. It's just that a lot of the followers are oh, the dear. problem. You're the you're the best defender, Andy Warhol. I just I give I give up. I will never say that argument again. You're right. It's fucking Jesus Christ. Holy I would, shit. I would. Oh, I mean not to. I mean you know. I didn't mean to. No, no. But the, you know, everyone uh, should read uh, the philosophy of Andy Warhol. That, that's I, what changed my mind. When I worked for Harmontown, he had this private car service, and you know, I never got paid for Harmontown, but like you know, he one of the perks was you know I had to sometimes you know jet back to LA. I'd go to New York and have to be back for stuff. And so I remember being in New York once getting there at like 6 p.m. setting up for a show 8 to 10.30 unpacking drinking with friends, 1.30 a.m., going to JFK. And my driver was uh, from the same service that picks you up in L.A. And um, it's kind of one of the reasons uh, I like doing rideshare now because this guy was like, you should be a driver. You'd be really good at it. you really, whatever. And so he told me he was Muslim. And I've never really fucking talked to a Muslim. I told him I'm a, I'm a Buddhist. Because, um, mm. you know, it's, it's Satanism and Buddhism is more like a, like a psychology. Satanism is, neither of them are theistic, even though I believe in God. It's just, I tell you, you can't tell people you're a Satanist because the, the point of Satanism is to provide evoke that conversation people don't understand i love like really quick i'm listening to the newest like red scare and like uh, uh, i love anna and dasha they changed my life but like fucking listening to them talk about satanism because dasha is like and weird artistically practicing catholicism it's just crazy to me that like trad based people are amazing and like so progressive but they don't understand the the newest religion in the world it's, it's there's nothing more liberal than satanism you guys and i there's it's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing more liberal than it but the idea is just to say i'm a satanist to have that conversation so i tell him i'm a buddhist and he goes well i'm muslim and you know buddhists and muslim have a lot in common we're the only religions that acknowledge all of the prophets you know we're just saying our prophet is the mm. guy and it's true buddhists it, it, jesus Christ existed on this earth, right? That's a fact. There's, there's, there. We this documented. Jesus Christ existed, and um, he basically. So this is. It's just past Easter here. So it's like there's no greater thresher human life devourer role it's like you know that what's that game you used to play when i would come over you were always playing it where you start small and you'll roll over the entire globe picking stuff up what beautiful is, katamari that is catholicism dude it just roams the earth <laughs> fucking devouring life it's killed over a billion people it's a fucking genocide and it's a never-ending genocide <laughs> so the fact that people can like in my generation millennials like not understand satanism but be pra- practicing catholics i love it because i miss christians i was raised catholic by the way anyways Protestants, so Catholics can't get over the Bible. I've read the 
uh, Old Testament more than I've, I've, I've read it. I made a point to read all this shit before I claim this shit. I've read the New Testament once, the Old Testament over. The entire walls of my bedroom growing up were the Old Testament pages. I made sure like I read this shit backwards and forward. So it's like Catholics can't get over. There's so much amazing shit in the Bible. The Catholics can't get over very early on when they can't get over the, the idea of a virgin getting pregnant. Like their whole thing is worshiping the Virgin Mary. They're like, what the, how the fuck? That's some, they, and they can't get past <laughs> it. And then Protestants, they can't get past the idea because of, of him coming back to life. They're obsessed with it. They can't get past it. They're like obsessed with it, like zombie shit. They can't get past like, so both of them, and then fucking, you know, I worked with a, uh, 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 Jehovah's Witness last year, and it's like they're just coming up with shit on the fly. They're like, oh, fucking, they're just making it up as they go along. But um, there's an, um, you know, one of Jesus's biggest messages in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, whether it's paraphrased differently, is his followers are falling around and they're like, how do I get to heaven? How do I get to heaven? Because heaven's, he goes, heaven is here. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is within. And mm-hmm. this is a big, when Buddhists take that further, it's that this is the, this is it guys. This is heaven and hell. This is both at the same time. And you're constantly waving before it. But Jesus was like, you know, Buddhist, ex- Buddhism is like 5,000 years old. Buddhists heard this teachings of Jesus Christ and they incorporated it, incorporated it for 2000 years. And, you know, like um, so he was telling me about Muslims and uh, he was saying, you know, like we're, you know, we have a lot in common. And I, I, I heard what he really believed in. Everything you think about Muslims is fucking Christian Western dogma. Like they fucking are terrorists or something. They are actually, you know, they have really major flaws, like uh, in societally, especially with homophobia. But what they fucking believe in is actually like daily meditative practice, peace and love. Like they are actually embracing all religions and going, well, this is ours and we'd like to teach you about it. That's really what Muslims are really believing. They're like, we. We acknowledge all this, but this is us. And they, anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's like five. They they pray like five times a day, right? Yeah, all day, every day. Nobody yeah, prays more. It's just, I mean, in success, it's like how many times are you going to jack off and it feels good? You know, like what are you gonna, <laughs> how are you going to do that five times a day? It's like when you take acid in the same like few day period, it just doesn't have the same effect. Like, come on, guys, space it up. <laughs> all right, Titanic Sinclair before this thunderstorm separates us temporarily Titanic Sinclair and uh, just go to downonsmiley.art you can I'm linking to his uh, YouTube music and uh, Illuminati Island is there anything you want to like promote or anything like do you (laughs) I've become this guy but yeah well the uh, before my internet connection hopefully it doesn't go up but uh, tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna upload uh, episode 10 of Illuminati Island and in two weeks my new single can't tell anymore uh, will be coming out and I'm just gonna be finishing the music video for that probably tomorrow your voice skipped all digitally because of the storm. It was perfect. Uh, Illuminati <laughs> Island, dude, is I've loved everything this guy has done. It's like the fucking episode nine. It's like the scariest. Like you're otherworldly. I cannot wait. Um, and Thank you. so yeah, Illuminati Island on YouTube. And uh, what's the name of your new song? 
uh, Can't Tell Anymore, and that'll be on Spotify and everywhere. It'll be on YouTube, oh, music video. Can I remastered this song from 2009 uh, last night. Can you send me your new song? I got to send you this song. You're going to fucking lose your mind. Um, I Yeah, I, absolutely. I cut it. I made it out of a... Uh, my chaosolator loop machine and then once i remastered it i was like holy fuck I, it sat there oh, unmastered yeah. I it. okay after this i'm gonna email it to you send me your song all right titanic sinclair let's do one more round of ah oh, man next time we do this you're gonna have a son um yeah most likely yeah any day now yeah unless you just good for him for hanging out in there you know like good he's, for him yeah he's he wants to be overcooked <laughs> yeah he's like fucking this is the shit man all right, anyways, why would I leave? <laughs> <laughs> and so why would any of us all I right. get to hang out in this babe all day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you get to hang out in a hot chick, dude. Also, everybody's whole thing, they're like, oh, I want to get old and die in a hospital. Like, I don't want to die in front of some hot nurse chick. I'm not, that's the worst. That's my biggest nightmare, dying in front of some like 22 year old, like fucking wiping my ass. You guys want to die in a hospital? I'd rather die in a stupid, shitty BLM ride with a fucking <laughs> tear gas and fucking fucking ACAB stomping me to death than die in a hospital bed with some hot Midwest fucking taut blonde 23 year old CNA looking at my dried up old dick alright anyways uh, random question generating Titanic Sinclair what shape is wow okay let me say this again uh, random question generator asks Titanic Sinclair what shape is your field of vision what shape oh. is your field of vision what shape does it you, when you think of the, the, the field of your vision what shape does it form that's the question um, a 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio Great fucking answer, Titanic Sinclair. Number two, we did it. I think you'll find the next uh, Titanic and Dustin episode on Titanic Talks. Brother, I love you. Enjoy the storm. You, Enjoy buddy. your beautiful life and son. And uh, yeah, let's <laughs> let's swap some songs. I'm going to email to you right away. You have to hear this. I, I know I, 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 you're going to lose your shit, but I can't. Dude, you got to me your song. I fucking am your biggest fan. Absolutely. Will do, man. All right. Thank you so much. Love you, man. All right. Love you, too. See ya. Peace. Bye.
Find me if I was on the other side 